This is Jordan from Newfound Glory. Listen to story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. <laughs> Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, the belief and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will get up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Um, as always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pastor Assist Pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball. Why? Because they like basketball and it's there for all your basketball needs. Uh, today's guest is an absolute gentle giant and a good friend of mine. Um, so I'm as, as I'm a wrestling fan, I'm going to introduce him as a, a wrestler. So here we go. Please welcome to the show, Liam Punk Warlord Copeland. Way. So Liam, uh, welcome to the show. Why Punk Warlord? Um, if I'm honest, I've stole it massively. So my favourite band is uh, The Clash, and on this rare tape I've got, Joe Strummer like stops the guy that's recorded and goes, "Introduce me as Punk Warlord." <laughs> and so since then, I've always been like, if I ever do anything of note, that is my name. Why not? <laughs> Liam, punk warlord, Copeland. I like it, personally. And yeah. It's got a good ring. Yeah, I know. I quite like it. It's, it's original, but also not original, because I've completely stole it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, tell, tell tell the good people where you are from. So, obviously, I was born in Brentwood. Um, grew up, first of all, in Gibraltar House, Jib House. Oh, yeah. Got to love a bit of Jib House. Then moved to East Amherst State. It's basically so. uh, the Brentwood version of Nelson Mandela yeah, House yeah, from uh, yeah. Only Fools and Orphans. And then yeah. I moved to Brentwood's version of the ghetto, so... East Amherst State. poverty all around me yeah. <laughs> from an early age. And then, uh, yeah, literally lived in Brentwood all my life, apart from the years at uni, and that's it. Like, I've, I don't know. I've always wanted to move out of Brentwood, but just never have, so... <laughs> The East Amherst State, man, that, that place, you know, it has um, some absolute stories on it, like, you know... Uh, there was one one time where a guy got his hand cut off by a bloody two doors down from me. That's Gareth, lovely guy. He got his hand <laughs> chopped off. Um, sadly, he actually passed away last year. Oh, he, I'm still getting on with his mum and dad really well. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, the lovely family. But yeah, that was two doors from my mum and dad's. Hmm. So obviously, I've, I'm not in the ghetto anymore. But mum and dad still still living the the baller lifestyle. The good so, thing is though, they're still alive and they're living in the East Amsterdam. Yeah, it's nice. Do you know what? It's such a weird place now because it's not like it was when i was growing up kids were everywhere mm-hmm. whether it was trouble just playing football just playing like run outs whatever now there's no kids about like you walk down the street i'm like where the fuck are the kids all these green grasses and they're all just obviously inside that's what parents want now don't they yeah is like, it like that one scene in uh, avengers endgame where you just see ant-man you know yeah. walking down the road with like his stuff and he's yeah like, it is hey kid what happened here the kid just gives him evil he's like but then he just has to find out himself that, you know, obviously the... It's, it's the weird one in the sense that, like, when I was a kid, like, you still had the same dangers you do now. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, so there's a woods just by me. And you got leads from Glass Alley. And that's why it's, it's not called Glass Alley. It's just it was full of glass broken bottles. Yeah. And someone once went, oh, that's Glass Alley. And so growing up, it was always known as Glass Alley. But, like, I remember hearing, no, you can't go in the woods there. There's a... There's a flasher in there lately, or there's even like even I remember like someone telling me there was a paedophile in there, and you never knew what a paedophile really was, but you just knew don't go in there with a paedophile was there. <laughs> yeah. But it's a weird one. Like I remember always hearing this famous story, and I never know if it's true, 
my mate went his auntie saw the flasher once because the flasher was living in there for a good six months <laughs> yeah and like it was and i think i'd met that we'd met the flasher but he never flashed us i think he was more into flashing older women okay like and when i say old i mean like 20 odd we were about seven eight yeah and i remember apparently she went she he flashed her and he she laughed and went ha my boyfriend's bigger than that if you're gonna flash me at least grow a pair Wow. And I was like, but then thinking back at it now, I remember as a kid, I was like, hey, that's so funny. Oh, she mugged him right off. Now, but she's talking about her boyfriend's big balls then. Yeah. Because she says, grow a pair. Right, yeah. So normally you'd, I never knew that women liked big balls so much. <laughs> right. And she, so if you have got big balls, you need to find, I'm not going to say names, but she's probably about 50 odd now, but if you find her, do you know what I mean? She loves the big balls. It's like, you know, the episode of South Park with... Uh, the, yeah, uh, the, oh, that's the one giant, of my favourites. The giant balls and uh, the end, the women just love the scrotum coats. Yeah, he is the greatest. Randy Marsh is the greatest character the world has ever mm. given us. And literally, I love South Park. I still watch it. I still like it. But Randy is just the king. My favourite ever episodes. That one. Randy also, when he wants to fight, he's fighting. He's oh, like, come on! <laughs> come on! Yeah. I thought it was America. You don't understand. This is the biggest fight of my life. And the kids just don't want to play baseball. And he's like, yeah. come on. It's just, it's just like the truth for reality of like how everybody actually hates baseball. Yeah. It's boring, yeah. And then that, my favourite, actually, you'll relate to this as a ginge. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Tinnaman, Scott um, Tinnaman must die. Must die, yep. That's, that's my favourite episode. When he's just eating that chilli and he's like, that's your parents. I just love the part where like he's just like you know going like, man I'm dead he's crying and just you see like Radiohead come along guy oh look at this baby <laughs> oh go cry cry baby <laughs> it's like the most savage scene you'll ever see in any any, any TV show I want to know if they actually said to Radiohead oh this is the plot yeah yeah <laughs> it's a weird one as well because like when you look at when you look at a lot of the programs like that the, the celebrity guests are always kind of just brought in to do little things like I still remember uh, Trapped in the Closet episode hmm. and obviously it's not Tom Cruise it's not R. Kelly and John Zvoa but you know when you're just like how legally have you been allowed to do this Yeah, you are literally saying that two of them are homosexuals and then you're taking the piss out of R. Kelly's song which in hindsight now they probably shouldn't have done because hmm. I don't even know if you're allowed to watch that episode anymore <laughs> Uh, it's the whole thing of like R. Kelly. It's like when you listen to it, like you know, watch Space Jam. It's just so, like, yeah, and you sing along to "I Believe I Can Fly." It's like, can I do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've uh, I've got really so I found out. I I remember so obviously I don't condone it. It's fucking disgusting. But a uh, funeral for a friend. Mm-hmm. I had a funeral for a friend T-shirt. I put it on about a couple of years ago. I completely forgot it was funeral for a friend T-shirt. You're about lost profits. Lost profits. Sorry. Yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was wearing it out, and someone went, "You're disgusting." <laughs> and he worked till I got home. But I also found out that another one of my brand new, one of my favourite bands, lead singer. Oh, that's a fucking nonce now. Mm. So, like, I'm in the dilemma. It's like, well, I've got seven albums. I spent money on them. I really like them. I, they were probably on my go-to, a lot of my go-to playlists. Can I listen to it now? <laughs> it's a very awkward world. It's like it you, is, yeah. Like even Ralph Harris. When you think about your childhood, you got to delete certain days because you watch Ralph Harris. Bloody Animal Hospital. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? It was a great show as well. Yeah, just fucking. If I see a didgeridoo now, I just don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just unbelievable. It's just there, like 
Because especially with like Ian Watkins, you looked at the guy, you know, he was in a pretty hard, you know, pretty cool band or whatever. And you think, mate, you could have any girl in the world, basically. Oh, I like, feel I feel Ian Watkins is the worst because it was a baby. Yeah. Like, exactly. and we're not gonna. I think we do need to skip this subject. Cause it could be fun, like, but we will never understand that mindset. But yeah. also, like, the mindset, of the mum. To allow that to happen, yeah, like two women, he's right? completely scum, but she is like literally the devil yeah. reincarnate. I can't even understand, and we're never going to understand it. And it's actually kind of a blessing we don't understand it because mm. then we haven't got what they've got. But fuck me, it's a weird. I think that's why I like the nineties so much. Yeah, because you kind of knew these things were happening, but it wasn't everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so it was kind of just like don't go in that wood, don't speak to strangers. Like, don't take sweets off strangers. Mm. But now it's like, literally, I feel like it's, don't leave your house. Yeah. And then you can't even, but even that, it's like, with the pedo hunters thing, it's even like, how many people laugh at the bald nonce guy? <laughs> and even I do, I can't even, I'm not going <laughs> to lie about it. But at the end of the day, you're laughing because it's funny, the his reactions. Yeah. But he's a nonce. Oh, you got to your day. Oh, it's the bit where it's like, it was a nice photo. It's not though. Like, and you, we're both laughing at this, and anyone that listens to this will probably laugh at it as well. But it's fucking wrong. It is, yeah. And it's the weirdest thing because you kind of forget that it's so wrong. Hmm. But maybe we should move away from nonsense. Cause I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll tell you one more thing about oh, that. Oh, please know, do. With uh, like Ian Watkins, I remember like um, he had his own Facebook page. Yeah. And like about a month before he was even caught, some guy put on there, mate, you want, mate, you want to take this page down? And then, like, you know, it come out, like, you know, a month later, and then someone, like, you know, just looked at the page, and this guy knew! <laughs> and like, how'd you know? So, like, we went to the Lost Prophets, like, you know, a month, like, you know, you know that evening, and there was a lot of police there, and they said, like, you know, just, just be careful, you know, because, you know... It's just uh, crazy, ain't it? It's just the fact that, how did he not get... Is it, like, do you know what? It's a very right there and there. weird I think he's obviously been investigated. I will say one more thing on this thing, because it actually happened today. And I haven't told you this yet, mate. So I was late to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was going to save this for this, but I didn't know we would talk about nonsense so early on. Mm-hmm. I thought you were just going to go at one point, anything interesting happened in your life today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was walking here, I saw like these two girls and the geezer was very sheepish around them. I was like, that doesn't look like a dad. So I just did the only thing. Normally I'd, at work I'd have town link, but I called the police and followed them for a bit and then he got arrested. Yeah. Because he was trying to grab him. Really? And then I had to do a police statement and everything. Wow. It's like, but that happened to me today. So. Local hero, everybody. <laughs> Who needs a Facebook nonsense group when yeah. you've got one man that's calling the police? I should have recorded it for you. It could have been extra footage for people. Right. <laughs> what, like, did, were the girls here like, even aware of it? But yeah, they knew because he kept trying to talk to them and it just it looked so weird, Matt, honestly. like So he kept like trying to drift in in to talk to him and then drifting out and then like you could tell they were trying to speed up but they didn't know what to do I think one of them was trying to talk to like had their phone out and he kept just trying to talk to him and I was like when I first saw it I thought it's very weird behaviour for a dad hmm. and then like I happened to be walking just the same direction and I was like that's definitely not their dad yeah. and, they, and he definitely isn't 14 so I was like look I, I, if I'm honest I didn't really want to go up and go oi what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, because then that's also the very awkward stage of, oi, what are you doing? And he actually go, oh no, it's my dad, I just don't want to talk to him. Yeah. He's like, stole my barber, you're saying. 
And then, so I was like, cool, I'll ring the police. And I literally, I was saying to her, like, look, it looks really dodgy. I'm sorry if this is just a waste of your time. But you, I think you need to come here. Otherwise, I'm going to have to step in. And then they came. And she was like, on the phone, she was like, all right, I was like, the police are here. She went, all right, I'll leave you to the police. And he came over and went, are you the guy on the phone? I was like, yeah. And they were like, thank you. Yep, we've been tracking him for a while, but we haven't been able to find him. And I was like, fucking hell, like, that's serious fucking shit. Like, because it just felt weird when mm. I saw it. But then for that to actually be the coalition, and like, kind of in a way, I'm kind of happy I used my common sense and just followed them. Yeah. But even following them, I felt... In case you look like an accomplice. <laughs> no, yeah, it, I, it felt really weird because it was like, right, I want to step in and not even deal with the police, but I wanted the police to obviously come because then it gets him off the streets. But also, like, what happens if it is the dad? And I kept saying that on the phone to him. I was like, look, it could just be a dad or it could be an uncle or a brother, but it just looks so weird. Like, I've never known. It just felt so awkward and weird, like, just being near it. And she was like, no, no, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Just, right, where are you now? So I kept going through where we were. And then when they pulled up, they was, they, the police were really nice to me, really thankful. But, you know, and, like, the girls even said thank you. And I was just like, hey, what kind of world do we live in? Like, you kind of want to ring anyone that's got a child and go, right, don't let them out. I now understand why the East Amsterdam have got no kids out. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's just a different generation. I think it's... It's a lot scarier, but I feel we dealt with it. I feel we were more mature yeah, to deal with it then. But maybe that's just a generational thing. That's maybe because it was our parents were also probably so much more mature than we were to course, deal with yeah. it. Well, we had the whole thing growing up. Like, you know, don't talk to strangers, yeah. all that kind of... I'm not too sure what even goes on anymore with that kind of stuff. But, you know, we had like a bloody... Uh, I don't know if you had it at your school, PC Ryan Rock Up. And he, yes. He'd, yeah. he'd, he'd, he'd be like telling us all these situations and like... Yeah, it was he ended. He ended up working as a um, caretaker at my school, and it was a very weird. I felt it was such a weird downgrade to him because yeah. he used to come in and do those things, and everyone was obviously scared of him because he was a policeman. And then the next like two years, I think he retired. Then he came back, was a, and everyone knew he would retired because you get the different policemen coming. Mm -hmm. And then like he rocked up one day. He's a like he's a caretaker. Yeah, and you're sitting there kind of going. So one day, like, you're so petrified. The next day, he's, like, clearing up your shit from, like, the canteen. And I kind of... I remember people just, like, take the piss out of him. Mm -hmm. And it's so, such a weird thing, because I was like, oh, he wants to have links. He might be undercover. Might be a huge drug ring going on here. <laughs> you copied someone's homework. He might be, like, 90210 style. <laughs> but they didn't think he was young enough to pull off a student. So he's now a, he's a janitor-like caretaker guy. 21 Jump Street. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, that sounds amazing. So yeah, we got we got past the, the paedophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to move move past the paedophile. High five. We got past. Well it. done, no paedophile stuff. Nice <laughs> little air lockdown five there. We clap our own hands. Exactly. Um, so growing up, um, apart from living in the East Ham Estate, like how was that for you? It's all right. Like I was, if I'm honest, the world will probably know I was a little shit. So <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't the best behaved. Luckily, I grew up ish and then but yeah no it was it was it is what it was like it was my life so there's certain things now like especially like last couple of months or last month or so with all the fireworks i was talking to someone the other day and they were so shocked i was like so the oldest used to drive around in cars and shoot the fireworks at us 
we were trying to shoot fireworks at that car, mm -hmm. which now I realise as an adult, that's fucking retarded. But that was like what we used to do the whole of October and November. Mm. was like, oh, fireworks, just go get the fireworks. Like, There's probably other people that thought egging was bad. We were fucking launching fireworks at each other. Mate, these East Ham estate, you know, like raised you well. I just like uh, the thing is that I was quite lucky. I, I really, I, I think it taught me everything I needed to kind of know. If you get what I mean, like mm -hmm. I was quite independent and quite like you learn how to trust people and you learn how to kind of like in rough environments. But you also see the best in people. Like you can, I know like the worst people would say they're the worst human beings in the world, but to me they've always been good. And then I know people that are like, oh, he's lovely. And I'm like, no, he's a fucking cunt. You just don't know him. Like, you don't know what they're about. But it's, it's, I think it's kind of took me in good stead. And then I obviously, I kind of moved away from the estate. Didn't want to, a lot of my mates that I grew up with just, like, obviously not trying to, but they just not, they haven't done that. They haven't not done well because it's their lives, but their, their choices haven't been so well. And I kind of want to move away from those choices. And like, it's also when there's a point where you've got to stop being 14. Mm. I haven't massively stopped being 14 because the loser stuff, like geeky stuff, I still like. But the being naughty for the sake of naughty or trying to fight for the sake of fighting, it's just, it's just fucking stupid. There's only so much. When you're 14 hanging around streets, it's kind of like okay. But when you're like 18, really got to start looking at yourself <laughs> you say that I really want to see like you know what you're like around like um I won't say what pub chain you work for but like you know with one they, they send down like one of the bosses for an inspection or something and see I'm what you're like completely changed around. like it's really weird like um someone the other week at work when you only turn like kind of ghetto when you're annoyed I went yeah that's what it's when it kind of like the real the East Arrowstate Neil comes out to yeah. play I've kind of just moved past that but if you annoy me then there'll be my language changes, my posture changes and everything like that. But it's, it's, I think that's one of the things is it's, you kind of have to grow up and you kind of have to realize that it's kind of, it's a weird little bubble kind of thing. So you're in that little bubble and you can kind of behave the same because everyone's behaving the same. Hmm. And that at the point then it was quite rough. Now it's, I walk around and there's fucking people with like nice cars and they're not drug dealers. So it like, kind of throws you off. You're like, oh, fucking hell, they've just got a new car. They're actually, they work a nine to five. <laughs> but like, I think that's the other thing. Is like, there was just, you kind of got used to stuff. There were certain things that I, I saw from an early age that didn't really bother me. Like, my, I'm not, I don't smoke marijuana, but I was used to smoke, people smoking like weed around me my whole entire life. Like yeah. it just didn't, it really wasn't a big deal. So like some people, I remember at uni, this one kid was like, crying because our mate was taking like smoking weed at a house party I was like it's fucking weed mate <laughs> I knew people smoking out like 13 like what's your issue like, yeah. he was like and he was from like Norwich so that probably explains why hmm. you know what I mean are they the web feet or is it the Ipswich <laughs> probably both probably both <laughs> but like yeah you know it's, it's it's one of those things like it's you get used to it but it's like we had a quite good family core and stuff like that as well so like we had obviously I've known you pretty much all your life. Mm -hmm. like, um, it's been a very t tremendous, horrible experience because you're a horrible bully. Uh, I've been told this. Yeah, mm. and everyone, everyone needs to actually realise that you're not the nice Disney guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. You're, you know, you're you know, a horrible you know. human being. What, what does every Dis a good Disney film have? Yeah, a great villain. Yeah, but the thing is, you're that secret villain. 
you're that secret villain that's so nice the whole way through Prince Hans yeah mm. and there's me going no he's actually scum <laughs> and everyone thinks I'm the villain and it's like no I'm not the villain he's the villain well, he's a horrible horrible bully what, what mate what, go on let's, let's, let's get out of there how, how am I a villain hey Matt the thing is, people always say, like, you go to one thing, you think you only bully me in one aspect of our friendship. <laughs> but you're a consistent bully. All right. You bully all the time. Yes, you do dead mum jokes. That's so awkward. And, like, anyone that knows me, I don't get awkward. I can walk in, like, the other week, I was in Tesco's, and I was pretending I had a learning difficulty for a good half an hour, and I was not bothered. I could have played that for another five hours. And it was very simple. I was just pretending that the person I was with was my mum. The person I was with is like three years younger than me, so he's not the mum. <laughs> but I was acting, and I was I was good. No, I'm I'm committed to the role. Mm-hmm. I started throwing a temper tantrum because I couldn't get crisps, <laughs> and the she felt so awkward. But with you, I so I don't feel awkward. Yeah, we could talk about everything. We just had a conversation about nonsense, very nonchalant, and yeah, <laughs> like it was nothing. Not awkward. You say about your dead mum, who, by the way, also I know. <laughs> I mean, and I liked very much. It's just very awkward. And you love to do it. That's what's worse. But then also, I don't know if you did this on purpose. Once your mum did die, you kind of used it as leverage against me for anything. <laughs> so I couldn't ever say, like, everyone else would have banter with. I say one thing to you, and you just go, like, my mum's dead, though, Liam. What can I do? <laughs> I've lost every argument there. It could literally yeah. be as simple as you going... You're wearing a red T-shirt, and that's what it would be sometimes. I'm like, no, I'm wearing blue, and you're like, my mum's dead, so it's red. But yeah, okay, it's red then. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's one of the things. Like, you know, I, I personally, I, you know, I've always just someone who just wants to smile. Yeah. And uh, obviously, just throwing a dead mum joke out there, you know, just it's helped me get through. Obviously, no, I get that. you know, the the, the, the the morning process. And I that's suppose, that's but. the thing I respect and I kind of love yeah. is that it did get you through that and it has got you through that but on the other hand it's also very awkward for anyone else though <laughs> and you use it and I feel I don't think you do those jokes six days a week but on the seventh day you'll see me and you'll bust out 12 <laughs> and it's like and I think it's just because you know my reaction to it mm. do you know what I mean and you're, you're a bully to Callum as well don't know about that yeah, I'm not the one who hit me over the head with a kendo stick. That was banter, though. That's a that's for how is show. That banter? And that's not even the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> Literally so, took that yeah. like a champ. Yeah, because he is a champ. So he's a jobber, but he's a champ. Well, what it is, we we used to do a show together called Loose Trunks. The the basics stories have been out there in the past. Yeah, yeah, it's but, it's everywhere. Yeah, um, and Liam and me and Callum, we were basically thrown on like the, the, the side, I want to say. Said, oh yeah, you guys are going to do like a TNA impact, whatever. It was, it was, but I prefer, in some you, ways, you I had preferred Japan. it. Yeah. I preferred it, because we kind of just got to do what we wanted. Yeah. And it literally, I came up with this basic character, that's basically me, mm-hmm. but I just hit myself with a kendo stick, and hit anyone else with a kendo stick. Yeah. Now, I hit him with a kendo stick. Callum has never moaned about this or at least he's never moaned about it to me (laughs) and I would say that you made a bigger deal about this if we're talking about me with weapons there's certain people that would complain more about that and they're little bitches and they deserve everything they've got and that's what we will say on that I may talk about it in a sec but while we are on loose trunks I I do want to talk about 
my favourite mo two favourite moments. Okay. My one favourite is do you remember so I just had surgery dinner in my mouth. Yeah. So I had like an ulcer or absinthe for my mouth and it blew my whole mouth up, didn't it? Like my whole face up to like Abscess, my by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh don't get fucking lemon. You said See? Absinthe. bullying. Yeah. Yeah, but he's bullying me again. I mucked up a little bit. <laughs> And he has to, he publicly mugs me off. Doesn't pause it and go, Liam, do you want to redo that? And we just say this word. Yeah? Alright? I nearly died, bro. I, I, I didn't want people to think you had a whole bottle of absinthe, like, you know, connected yeah. to your face. And then you I, do, I did used to like absinthe when I used to drink. We'll go through drinking stories in a bit. Cool. But, so my whole face blew up. I was in hospital for two weeks. And so I got out on, like, the Wednesday and I was on a lot of morphine. Mm-hmm. I had like half my jaw restructured and like loads of teeth taken out. Like it was, it was quite serious. Like the uh, Queen's Hospital said it was the worst they've ever seen. Like I literally went in there on the day clinic and they were like, cool. So you might be having surgery in the next 10 minutes, like to an hour. And then they were like, I was like, oh, sick, brilliant. Cause it was Doug's boxing match. His first one the, yep. that night. And I was like, I still go Doug's boxing. Brilliant. This is going to work out brilliant. Cause I really didn't want to miss the boxing. And then it was like, ah, shit. They said, yeah, you're staying in for surgery and you're going to have to stay for two weeks because that's we can't even get to it. Like, mm. it, we'd ha- They'd have to like try and heal it and then it would go down. We, I got out on the Wednesday. We filmed Loose Trunks on the Friday. I was on other medication, but mainly morphine, but other medication as well. I still had my hospital band on that episode. You lot are talking. I don't know what you were talking about. There's a Shawn Michaels figure next to me, and I've played with him for about 45 minutes of this show. Until I think Sam goes, Has anyone noticed that Liam's just been playing with that Shawn Michaels figure the whole time? <laughs> and literally, then I had to kind of like say, I've been in hospital, I'm so fucking high right now. I don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> like, I don't even know what you lot are talking about, but me and Shawn Michaels just had a great 45 minutes. And I don't even think, like, you can obviously go and watch the episode. It's on YouTube. I don't... I'm not even playing with it. Like, I'm not going, oh, Shawn Michaels, Top Roach. I'm literally just moving the arms and legs like every couple of minutes mm. and just mesmerised because I was so fucking high. Yeah. Like, about this, like, fucking figure. I was like, this figure's amazing. Like, and it's not even my love of Shawn Michaels. I feel it could have actually been a Bret Hart thing. I think I still would have been quite mesmerised. <laughs> Like, I was just so off my fucking trolley on yeah. fucking loads of medication. And I shouldn't have probably gone and filmed it. But we've got a cracking story now. Yeah, exactly. It. And then my second one has got to be just... If someone says to me, my memories, like when it was really fucking hot in that studio, you're watching a film, and we like to be supportive and watch. And I remember just me and Wilkie just in our underwear watching everyone because it was just so hot and we were like the last bit of shooting and then like running outside of white rooms in Raynham just in our underwear people dressed bands coming in to use the other rooms and there's me and Wilkie having fags just in our underwear just like you're right it's really hot in there <laughs> and yeah they wasn't really blessed with uh, air conditioning unfortunately no. I don't think air conditioning even existed in that place I remember you stinking out the toilet me all the time all the that time that was you after wow. KFC oh wow blame me I don't oh, yeah, even, I'm a bully. I'll take, I'll take blame. I don't even like KFC. You're so outrageous. <laughs> You're vegan, aren't you? I'm vegan now, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Loose trunks. <laughs> uh, we had Dave Farron on the show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I love Dave, but sometimes like, some of the things that are about to come out of his mouth, you're like, mate, no, don't say it. Don't say He's, it. You, I think you put it quite well. Like, 
you expect it from me, Wilkie and Sam. But Dave's got that secret little... Say, another person that's very much like that is Adam Mack. Hmm. You, you look at Adam Mack, you think you're a bean, bruv. You're this little beany geezer. And then he talks, you're like, you savage motherfucker. That was that just hit me to the core. <laughs> I didn't need to I didn't need that response from you. I was only I was having a playful little jab. <laughs> and you've just made me reevaluate my whole entire existence. He he was meant to bless him, you know. He still is to this day, like I speak we speak like, in all fairness, we speak on like, a daily, don't yeah. we? Yeah. So it's it's we're in a WhatsApp group where he just slags off Daniel Bryan all the time. Which, because apparently he's a huge Miz fan, so. <laughs> he, oh, wow. I've heard he's got a tattoo of the Miz, but he won't show anyone. <laughs> Just the portrait of the yeah, Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Miz and um, Maurice, isn't it? So, And I think that's quite nice. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I have a history of weapons and violence. So, obviously, the story you were, you're kind of hinting at is when me and Steve had a hardcore match Steve Pontin who's a little rat and deserves no credit for Whoa. this he's my family I'm allowed to say what I want about the geezer um, he's a rat he won't come on I said just yes, do this together I, I still want to do one with him and we will talk about growing up together but he's a rat and he won't do it so he won't, probably won't even listen to this so again I'll say you're a rat um, but we're having a hardcore match and apparently he cries and bitches because I hit him with a golf club well, what's the issue it's a hardcore match I'm still hardcore champion. That's 20 years later. I'm heavyweight champion. And I'm tag team champion with his brother Matt. We let him have the light heavyweight champion. And by the way, I was a lot skinnier then. So I was in contention. I was under 205. Yeah. But we let him have the job of title. Yeah. Because Matt was also in the Continental. Yeah. We let him have that because we felt sorry for him. And then what he goes and does, he happens. All right. So, yeah. Did he get a black eye? Yes. But it's a hardcore match. What, am I not meant to use weapons in a hardcore match, Matt? <laughs> Matt, ask me that honestly. Uh, yeah, you're allowed to use weapons in a hardcore right, match. Right, you're telling me now, if we, if I went to you now and have a hardcore match and we're in a field and you see a stick, you're not hitting me with a stick, Matt? Yes. Of course would, you are. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the rules of the thing. Now, if it's a one-on-one... Maybe one, because you'll be running at me with yeah, a stick. So if, it's, yeah. if it's a one-on-one uh, DQ match, are you going to hit me with a stick? No. Yeah. And all the other matches that were there, I never hit him with a fucking golf club. But, and he bitch, he he snitched on me. Can you believe that? <laughs> He's our family. How, how did you hit him with the golf club? I did, do you know what's worse? Didn't even hit him with a metal bit. That's how much of a pussy <laughs> I was. <laughs> hit with the pla- the I hit him part. with the fucking rubber bit. That's protection. <laughs> if anything, that should. this is the thing. Callum can take a kendo stick bare to his face. Steve can't take a fucking bit of rubber to his face, the little pussy old. Mm. It's not the worst though. There was a kid called I won't say his name, but I went to school with, and we had a hardcore match in my back garden. I cracked a golf club, uh, a cricket bat round his head. <laughs> ah. I won the kept the title though. Yeah, fair enough. This is what you got to understand. I kept the title. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, and again, a hardcore match. Well, I've got a, I've got a cricket bat, and what's worse is, this is probably be out of order, but he does still own me for that cricket bat. Hmm. I said you broke my cricket bat. Where's my cricket? bat? <laughs> This is 20 years later, still hasn't paid. Do you not think that's that's a debt that should be paid? Yeah. Like, he's probably, he's an adult now, he's probably earning money, where's my <laughs> fucking cricket bat? Send him a message after this. No, no he should, he should, he'll probably listen to this, hopefully. <laughs> and he'll know that he broke that cricket bat. <laughs> yeah? And I won. And by the way, when he was crying his eyes out, yeah, about the cricket bat, I pinned him. Same with Steve. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I, put, I think I put Steve in the ankle lock. Because oh, that was my finisher at the time. Yeah. I had the choke slam and the ankle lock because I was a huge Kurt Angle fan at the time. Aye. And I couldn't get my leg up for the switch in music. So. Who, who was your hardcore uh, inspiration? Do you know what? Like, Raven's always been my hardcore. Like, I was a huge ECW fan. But Raven's still my go-to. Like, I love seeing him with that trolley. And it even made me want to fucking have a kilt for a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But no, like, Raven's probably my hardcore. With the kendo stick, it's still Sandman. Yeah. And that, the kendo stick came about literally because I was like, right, so Sam was like, right, you're doing the New Japan stuff. And because I was meant to be on the first episode, but he, being Sam, rang me half an hour before he was leaving. Mm. And I was like, I've got work, mate. Dave, if, Dave said it the exact same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you told me, like, two days before, I would be there. Mm. But you rang me, and so then I did the WrestleMania episode because you lot were all away. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yeah, come on, you can do the New Japan stuff. And I was like, sick, that's brilliant. And I was sitting there going, right, what Japanese shit do I have? Nothing. I'm like, do I get chopsticks? That's quite... And then some geezer in the pub just went, I've got a kendo stick you can borrow. I borrowed that for about a year and a half. <laughs> he kept, every week he was like, uh, can I get my kendo stick? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pop it around later. Just kept kept it. And I was quite... I might buy a new one, actually, because I was a bit upset I had to give it back. I quite liked having a kendo stick. It's a badass bit of memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, it brings a little bit of attention to you, you know, when you're running. I remember I used to have to walk to yours with it. And I just felt like a little badass while we were waiting for like Dave to pick us up. Like, I've got Kendo stick. What's your issue? <laughs> Love that. So yeah, uh, moving on from that. Uh, what, what university did you actually even go to? I went to Winchester University. Oh yeah, it sounds a bit posh. It's very posh. It's like the se- I think it's like the second richest place in England. Yeah. Did I, you feel like a bit of an outcast when you were there? It was really weird. So like I, I went there and everyone was like, oh Cockney, all this and all that. I got Brian Bellew quite a lot you know the geese from Big Brother yep but it was really weird so when I the weirdest thing about it was there was people just didn't understand language I used mm-hmm. but like so like score yeah you know what score 20 is. quid yeah mm-hmm. I go to banks and say that yeah I go can I get a score out if and I remember this kid was like he's from York and he was like oh can I borrow um, 20 quid tonight can I borrow some money and I went can I borrow a score and he was like what the fuck's that? <laughs> and I was, I said to him, I was like, mate, I say that in banks. Like, what's your issue? Like, but the weird thing is that I'd come back to Brentwood and everyone would be like, oh, you sound posh. Oh, you sound posh. But then I'd go back there and they'd be like, what are you saying? They just didn't understand my Essex accent. It's like, it's one of the only times that's really happened. Because I don't even think I've got that strong of an Essex accent. But like to them, I, I was like talking absolute gibberish. You're a guy, you can fast. tell you're from the South, but you don't know where yeah, I'm yeah, from yeah. the South, you're from. And then like, they were like, oh, Cockney this, Cockney that. And I was like, I'm not even a Cockney, I don't even get this. Yeah. Like, and the only other reference I've had to that was at my granddad's like memorial. My mum left me and she went, right, so I'm going to leave you with all your that side of the family. And they're all from Ireland. And they're all 60, 70, 80. She went, you can help them set up everything like that. I'm like, you're leaving me with this voice and their voice. And then the only other people that were in the room were from Birmingham. Yeah. It was like, out of f- there's, no, there's no correlation. No it's one's going to understand a word that's going on. Though. Like, <laughs> I still remember at my cousin's uh, wedding, I went to my dad at one point because everyone was talking to us. I went, Dad, can we get subtitles, mate? I don't have a fucking clue what's <laughs> being said here. Like, everyone keeps saying, our oh, kid to me. I'm like, oh, I'm not your kid. Hmm. I'm my mum's kid. Like, what? Like, 
But he said, yeah, it was, that was quite nice. So it's, it's, I think you must get that. You've got northern side of the family. And yeah. So you, sometimes you talk to them and you're just like, what the hell are you saying? Um, it's come to it now where basically I'm like the middle man. But yeah, yeah. They can't understand Nick. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so I had to translate for Nick. So yeah. I, I, at the end of the day, I can understand what they're on about, you know. But, I'm, um, I'm a bit like that at work yeah. with Craig and Craig's family. So when Craig's family come down, I'm now fluent in Mackham. And everyone else at work's like, what? Especially Craig's dad, like, what the hell is he saying? I'm like, oh, Eddie, he just he said this, he said that. Yeah, no, he's just saying that. And they'd be shocked because I'll go and talk to Eddie for like two hours, and they're like, how do you even know what he's saying? I go, I'm fluent in Macam now. I like, I speak. It's my second language. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, because it was funny. I remember. Um it was actually my mum's uh, like uh, the wake afterwards. We went for a family meal, and Nick said something, and then basically they're like, "What the bloody hell did you say?" And I was sitting there just trying to like you know generate what Nick said. And probably about ten minutes afterwards, yeah, he said, <laughs> "You know, this was your curry that you didn't want to go to, yeah, because you left us to go for the curry." And then you were like, "Not if I." And you were like, "I hate curry." <laughs> yeah. And we were like, "Why are you going then?" You're like, "Kind of have to." <laughs> It was you. It, it's uh, without disrespect. You sounded more sad about going for a curry than that you just buried your bulb. So, <laughs> well, it was like with, with my mum. It was a month afterwards, like exactly. Yeah. So we had all the time in the world basically to mourn. And then again, you, it's, it's not like you know you, you you just go from one day and go, oh yeah, you know what, you know I'm absolutely fine. It's like you're not fine. It was still. You're it just, was yeah. It was still. It was still weird because obviously I saw you that day. You when you found out. Yeah. You came yeah. In. And it was that was like shocking, and it's like mm. I've had it recently with a friend. It's so painful because even though you know them, like, I, I knew your mum, and it's sad that that like that someone you know's died. Yeah, but it's even worse when someone's upset and you can't do nothing to mm. do with it. Like, and I didn't know how to really like. I think I did all right. You can tell me if I was a shit. No, you were great. But, James, all me, my yeah. brother, and my dad are free. But like, <laughs> how do you? comfort your friend who yeah. just said their mum's just died and I just didn't know what to do I did what I thought was best hmm. which was supply you with alcohol and it wasn't free I paid for it before legal heads hear me hear yeah. this and go oh give it away free drinks were you <laughs> no I paid for them so you like, I can't charge them it's like, okay yeah we got a free taxi home that night as well was that like, stop what <laughs> well, maybe this is the it's horrible but the key to yeah, life yeah like, it was really weird like we were just there like but hey, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was a weird time. Like It was just so surreal because you kind of think to yourself, like, wait, my mum's actually just died. Yeah. I, I don't know how to actually, you know, process this and react. It, it was just like, you know, one moment I'm having a conversation with her about an iPad cable, next thing you know, I'm getting told come to the, come to the hospital because, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's, looking it's good. Like, with my granddad, we kind of knew that was coming. Mm. And my granddad was like my best friend. Like, I as I said I did the speech for his funeral and I cried the whole way through it like, and it's, it's one of my biggest disappointments but there was no way I was going to be able to do that speech but I wish I could have stayed stronger for it hmm. and his funeral was a bit of a weird one as well because like he just gave dad a list of songs he wanted like bands he wanted and I never knew but apparently he liked ABBA, which we would have discussed in depth when we were alive, as in, why has he got such shit taste in music? <laughs> but, like, the weirder thing was, like, there was a point I said to Dad, like, after the funeral, he went, you all right? And he, I went, no, I'm, I'm really not. And he went, no, it will get easier. I went, I'm not, 
I'm not upset about that. And we did a little... So I do get your thing about joking, but like... And he went, what are you upset? What? And I went, I just cried to an ABBA song, Dad. But it was more... <laughs> obviously, it was because of the occasion, and it's like... But it's, 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 it's a weird one. Like, I can't... I remember when people kept trying to talk to me about my granddad, and it was like... If you know it's coming, it's a very different experience to then the shock of it just coming. Like, mm. So I've had... Um, friends die and stuff like that and that, that really hit me my grieving process for that was probably 10 years yeah where my granddad I've grieved now because I grieved probably for another four years before he actually did die yeah do you know what I mean and I think that's the thing like you knew it was coming yeah it still hit me it's still I'd say it was still one of the worst years of my life but that was also because of other things that happened that year and so I would say I still hit a bit of a depressed period but it definitely wasn't the bleak end of my life period. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That other series have happened and stuff like that. So it's it was very like it was more who do I go to? Because he was my like advice giver. Like I just go to him about everything advice, mm-hmm. or if I just didn't even want advice, like I don't have an argument and I just wanted to chill. I'd go and watch bowls round his. Everyone takes the piss out of me because I love bowls. Yeah. But he got me into bowls and I would just sit there and watch bowls. I'd be like, oh my God, Australia's having a cracking game today. <laughs> and like, no one else would ever understand this like little bowls thing we had mm. going on. But it's even like cricket. Like, uh, he loves cricket. And I, t- I only told him when I was 25, I hated it. <laughs> Beforehand, like, I used to have to fuck it. I lied to him for like 25 yeah. years. He'd, He'd have the cricket, and I go, "Oh, what's the score?" And he'd be like, "Bloody blood, a hundred and whatever to hundred of." I'm like, "Oh, doing all right." Then he went, "No, there's no chance of us winning now." I was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 obviously, yeah." Oh. But like, so yeah, that's the like. It was just it's my little like, little companion thing, and it was the. I think the only thing that started getting hard is because obviously he's had that he had that house on Woodman Road my whole entire life, and then obviously it got sold, and the geezer rightfully so started changing stuff to the house hmm. but I'd walk past there I remember the first lockdown I went for a walk with a good friend of mine socially distanced before the world goes mental I don't want any Karens having a go at me I'm telling I'm telling sad stories Karen leave me alone but like socially distanced with him and another friend like, across the road and we walked past the house and he, he I went a bit silent I'm like you're alright I was like why has he took the sign down why has he took the door number down and they kind of like had to kind of go to me like it's his house now Liam that was the hardest thing because hmm. I just didn't really I'd cleared the house out like two months earlier I knew it was in his house Yeah, the deal was going through as he was kind of dying but still seeing the sign he cut down the hedge I was like well I've cut that hedge for the last 20 years like over the last 10 years or 15 years like since I was about 13 I used to cut the hedge for him and mow the lawns why has he why has he took the hedge down the hedge is good I cut it like two months ago. Why? What's the issue? And it was kind of like they had to kind of like re- they were really good friends to me and kind of had to go. This is what happens, Liam. But it, that was the hardest thing. It was like just the norms, like even like the worst. So I went to his grave on his birthday. Yeah. Which is September 11th. Blop blop blop. See, Al Qaeda follows my family, Matthew. Just so you know, we'll my mum's is the London bombings. <laughs> yeah. My mother's birthday is the London bombing, so they, mate, they're honestly, you don't actually want to be my friend. <laughs> they are watching. They will, will learn every one of my family's birthdays and just stay away, stay indoors for those days. 
But um, and like I went to Tesco's. Mm-hmm. No, I went to the grave, spoke to him, felt really fine. I quite and a lot of people. I don't know how you. I quite like talking to the grave. Um, I, I with myself, I just kind of look at it and then in my head and thinking yeah. what I'm saying. I wouldn't say it out loud because I, you know, personally. I think sometimes I've done it out loud. Sometimes I've done it yeah. in the thing. I think if you're alone, it's kind of okay doing it out loud. My dad does it and it's really yeah. cute. But with me, I'm just yeah. there, like, you know, it's one of the things. Just like, I've just got to the stage in life where, like, you know, people have visions of people. I've never had one or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I've like, never had that. I've never had the visions. Mm. I um, I'm really agnostic, so I'm just there, like you know. I just say in my head what I'm thinking. I think that's the thing. Know. I'm the same, but I can I, I quite I go there now for advice, but it's advice that is my own advice. Mm. Like I I still do it, and I go. I went to my friend Adam's grave the other day because it was the anniversary, and I went and spoke to him and everything like that. It's literally the me talking to me, and I know that, but it's quite reassuring. But Back to the actual story that's about to get very funny and very sad at the same time. So I hope you're ready. This is like a, I'm ready. This is a tear-jerking moment that will also make you laugh. So I was fine at the grave. I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. I thought I'd really be fucked up today, like really messed up. Saw him every single birthday he never had. Walked to Tesco's, walking around before I get myself a sandwich or something. Walked past like the magazine bit and Sudoku was there. He loved Sudoku. I'd buy him Sudoku every year for his birthday. And crosswords. I picked up this crossword of Sudoku book and I literally started bawling in Tesco's, man. Like, literally just... <laughs> like that. Just... <laughs> Everyone must have been, you absolute fucking nutter. Yeah. Like, there was me just like bawling to this Sudoku book. And the other famous... Quite a few people know this. I've told this, like crying so do you know the Goldbergs the program yeah yeah I was watching that like four, just 4 o'clock in the afternoon I think I was watching it before I went to work and there's an episode he's really close to his granddad and he, at the end he does these dedications doesn't he and he went this is dedicated to my granddad he's my best friend I just start crying mate to this average American program like going my granddad was my best friend as well <laughs> and it literally it hits me and even now if I see it I'm like oh fucking hell like that's the only time like I kind of get a bit uh, like upset about it hmm. is if I see something like that I'm like oh he's still got his granddad yeah and that was upsetting it's just like you know the signs really like you'll see something it'll just remind you yeah, yeah. It's like, and then it hits you it's just there like yeah it's, 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 it's a weird one when it's because I feel I was a lot more angrier with Adam's death because he was young and mm. I was young and I didn't know how to deal with that I didn't know how to process that and then with my granddad's, it was kind of coming. He wanted to die for 10 years. He was telling me every single... I remember asking him what he wanted for birthday and Christmas. like, dead. Just kill me now. I was like, that's kind of illegal. So yeah. probably not going to do that. And then you kind of see it coming, but it is. It's the little things. Like, so if I see the road or if I see... My dad and me had a conversation. My dad went... He finds it really hard now. So if he hears a cricket news, he's got no one to talk to about it. Because I don't think he's got any friends that like cricket. I don't like cricket. So he would ring my dad, my granddad, and say, oh, yeah, this has just happened, this has just happened, and now he's got no one to talk to that about. Hmm. And I went, he, so he, he said he was like quite lost with that. Like he, he, and I went, my, we all tried for 25 years, but I guess I could try and like it. <laughs> it's going to make you feel better about ringing someone. Yeah, 
but no, he's, he's, I think that's the thing. Like it's 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 one of those weird things. Like I used to see him all the time. My sister did. My mum did. My dad. Like we really went and saw him all the time. And it's even like little things like my birthday. I don't particularly like my birthday anyway because Adam got buried on my birthday. Mm. And then so just I, I didn't really want to celebrate. My nan also had a cancer operation on her birthday on my 18th, which. When you're doing that, you're kind of a bit like, oh, I don't really want to celebrate my fucking birthday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then I used to see my granddad like every single birthday. And then I remember like the first birthday, I was like, cool, what am I doing between 12 and 5 when I used to go and see my granddad? Hmm. Like, I've got nothing to do. Like, yeah. I can't, I went to the grave, but you're not, it's not the same. Hmm. You're not sitting there for six hours. And if someone does sit there for six hours, fair play to you. Like, you're, you're, but, without being rude about all of our lives it's a grave they're not talking back to you yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not putting on your favourite TV show for you so let's go into something more positive um, tell us about your stand up career it's my stand up career it's an odd one that is no um, I still do bits and pieces like obviously lockdown stopped a lot it got quite good towards the end I started getting paid mm-hmm. which is my first ever paid gig was my worst ever gig. Yeah. I sent it to you, and it's absolutely diabolical. Um, it's not so bad. It is when, like... I think it's like, you know, I know what you're on about. Like, sometimes you just get an audience. Who oh, just, it was just know. the worst crowd possible. But I should have... The worst thing is that his geezer kind of... I wouldn't say headhunting me, because that sounds quite arrogant, but he did. He came up to me at a gig and went, you are superb. I'm doing a tour. I want you to, like... Uh, be a support act I've got another support act and then it, you then it'll be me I was like sick it was like I'll pay you everything like that and like obviously I'm sure this has happened to you your your head goes wild I was sitting there going well in a year I'm going to be on Live at the Apollo I've made it like I'm superb and I'll be honest like I was about two years into doing stand up I hadn't had a bad gig yet so I was sitting there going and everyone says about these bad gigs I haven't had a bad gig yet I think I'm like it's arrogant but I was like I think I'm the best person in the world fuck the rest of the world yeah. like <laughs> I'm a genius and then like so I rock up to this gig and for, he told me it was a tour so I'm expecting cool gonna do this this stand up club do another stand up club like he said there was like five six shows he wanted me to do with him. I was like can't wait can't wait rock up first of all we're driving like East London I'm like cool East London is quite famous for comedy that'd be cool Turn up in like Canning Town, and it's a pub called the Beckton Arms. The most famous thing about the Beckton Arms is someone was shot there with a shotgun. So about five <laughs> years before I rocked up there, and the best way to put it is like you're walking into a movie, like an East End gangster movie from the like fifties, sixties, seventies. Like the decor, everything was just like fuck. I do not belong here. Yeah, I think it's something to do with Camden. Like that place is just full of like you Canning know, Town, not oh, Camden. Can- Canning yeah, Camden. Town. Camden's an easy crowd. You just got to be a bit quirky. Yeah, you'll yeah. go. Oh, I think unicorns are cool. Like you can't do, but Canning Town's where he was like the only way I would have got over is if I was like EDL, EDL. Mm. Like it was very much like did not like me, and so I've looked around the room and I'm the youngest person by forty years. Mm-hmm. Like, the average age is 60-plus. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, fucking hell, what am I? Oh. My whole entire set at that point, like, my go-to set was, like, basically about me being a man-child and not growing up yet. I'm like, am I telling Doris 
and I haven't grown up when she's she's lived through two wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She she's had the blitz. Like she's like, yeah. There's you fucking being a little cunt, mate. I was fucking digging up families. Do you know what I mean? And then, so I started doing. I, I re I rewrit or made stuff up on the spot mm. as you. Have heard it. It's dreadful. I don't release this. I, I I thought it was quite funny. Like I think the problem was like it was the wrong venue because at the end of the day, yeah, there wasn't a stage or anything like that. You no. know, at the end of the day, Liam, you you are a giant. There, you know. So basically, there is a presence about you. Like no one will probably want to fuck with you. But um, like so they 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 basically just thrown you like literally by the doors in the middle of this pub, and just basically said, yeah, do some stand up. The, the problem as well was the guy before me was very Roy Chubby Brown. Mm-hmm. They loved him. Like, 1980s comedy, I'm sitting there going, watching him going, I've got no chance. I've got, like, no chance. Because there is different styles of comedy. Yeah. I mean, I'm very new school. I'm very, like, modern comedy. Like, very, uh, like, take the piss out of your own life, kind of like that. They're the comedians I've always resonated with. And so, I can't do the one-line, one-line Jimmy Carr or the older versions where it's a lot more risque... Some would probably say racist. <laughs> I can't do that comedy. Like Benny Hill. Yeah. So I started like doing a set and then I meant I must mention as you've heard that I'm from a council estate about twenty nine times. I'm like, right, this is my in. This is how I relate to them. Nothing. I tried doing a bit of crowd work, which I've never done before. I've done bits but not normally I've done like responses to hecklers. Mm-hmm. This was me going, So, how are you? And they're just like, Yeah, I'm good, what's your problem? Like did not want me there. It was the best way to put it, it was like a black guy at the KKK march. It just doesn't go down well. It, it's like I, I just remember watching the video. It literally looked like you know just one of them like old school nineties pubs where literally oh. like like the decor hadn't been changed. No. like you know since like you know World War Two. Yeah, basically people like you know smoke clouds everywhere because probably one of them pubs you're allowed to actually smoke in. Yeah, I don't think it was, but you know that, that's kind of the vibe I got from watching this video. But it's um, the, the only plus is like about halfway through, I like literally I had to do a ten minute set. I think I did about five. And about four minute mark, I was like, I've got nothing. And I literally started talking about fi- living with a fictional nan that goes out and fucks those of people. And I have to part with that. And two geezers just started laughing. So I was like, right, the nan stuff's working for two people. <laughs> just keep going, keep going. And like, as you've heard, I'm literally going, yeah, there's me in the next room crying while my nan's getting shifted by two geezers. Like, just completely. And he's my new granddad now. He's younger than me. <laughs> Yeah, and like, but they're crackling, and I'm like, right, I've got two guys, I've got two guys, <laughs> play it to them, play it to them. But then in the end, I was just like, right, I went to my mate, let's just go. I can't. Like the geezer gave me the forty quid. I went, I don't deserve this. He was like, such a high from like going, I'm getting paid, like I'm gonna be. This is brilliant. To <laughs> the next like half an hour, like I don't deserve to live. And. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of the day, I, 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 like the funniest thing about like my mu- my music career, um, someone they once asked me to play like a like halftime show at a stand up comedy night. Yeah, yeah, and it was really awkward because you know the stand up comedians are just obviously all these people who get there like every Wednesday and they probably tell the same jokes and things like that. So I, and they're, they're just standing there with bits of paper, just writing more things down. Like you know, looks looks like they're just taking notes. But so I'm sitting there going like. This night hasn't been funny once yet. Well, actually, the, the, the host was hilarious. Um, and then it just kind of went down. And then I got up, and I was actually more funnier than the stand-up comedians. The thing is, like... Awkward. Do you know what that is? They're, it's not, like, obviously, it's determination of what you think is funny. They haven't asked me back, because I think that's probably, probably yeah. embarrassed. But the thing is, like, with stand-up shows, especially open my nights, 
they're completely different to music open mic nights, yeah? Mm. A music open mic night, you're all friends, you're all in it together, yeah? yeah? Stand-up open mic nights, it's like, don't fucking laugh, because I want to have the most laughs. And, like, even when you bring the friends, and you got to remember, so you get the laughter from the friends. But, like, I've I've done brilliant sets, and a lot of you do these competition stuff. Mm. And I've done competitions, and I'm sitting there going, I've won this, I've, I've nailed it, no, everyone's no. laughed hard, blah, blah, blah. But then... What sometimes happens is because it, like you can work on a laugh or a vote system. Carol's got fucking fifteen mates with her, <laughs> and I've got two, and so they screaming, and then they win, and you're sitting there going, "You don't the fucking deserve this. This is my li- <laughs> my little poxy trophy that I want to fucking hang up. I've got enough of them. I have won yeah. some, but you know when you're like, I want to fucking win more. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like it's just a young person's game, yeah. and it's it's. As much as you can do it, and I enjoy doing it, and I always write jokes, and I always think about stuff. And actually, I feel I fall into a very odd category. I'm very quick-witted, but I don't think I'm very funny in real life. Yeah. I think uh, there's funny bits about me, but I don't think I'm like ha-ha funny. I think if when people, when I first started doing stand-up, I think people were like, what? Like thinking I was going to bomb, and it'd be horrible. And then I remember the first like month or so of me doing it, loads of people kept going, it's all your stuff. I can't. You you were really funny. I was very surprised. I was like, thanks. I don't, that's not a compliment. <laughs> You're saying, I was surprised you were good. It's like me going to you. Surprised you can sing. Well done, mate. <laughs> like, you just meant to be supportive. But no, it's, it's, it's how I like to keep doing like a, but it's just, it's a hard process. And with real life, it's hard to give up. Because these guys do it every single night of the week. Yeah. It's like it's like open mic for sort of bands. Really, you have to go to a, to get signed or get signed. You have to go every night. Yeah, it's like you know the time where um, um, you reminded me like when you said like you know there's things where people vote. Yeah, like, I remember uh, once there was one down O'Neill was like an open mic like yeah. know, for like yeah, we'll say open mic just for musicians and things like that. And then like what happened was um, I, I played a guy called Joseph Lofthouse played a guy yeah. called Richie and then we had Mark Power who was Dave Darko's mate yeah and I remember uh, like uh, what happened at the end is like literally like the pub was pretty dead and then like at the end of the night when it was Mark's turn to come up literally everyone from the Swan <laughs> literally come over the road to see him and just bought a drink and it's like you know put put the uh, the token in his box and like he, he beat me and I was I was quite bitter out bad at the time so, I said no I can understand why you would be yeah I think you come up to me he's like don't worry put one in there for you <laughs> like, but, um, it seems like a lot of effort I probably didn't yeah. but yeah supportingly I probably did but um, I remember like you know going to Darko well, when, well it was obviously a fix because like you know like Longy's won the one at your pub and they've got to play each other now and he's like oh fuck are they <laughs> and like um and uh, that's what I thought at the time apparently they weren't like you know just uh, yeah it just turned out Mark Power's a pretty damn good rapper I never heard it, so I don't know. No, fair enough. If he's good, he's good. I think you're just talking to like, one of us all the way through his set. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I'm really weird with live music. I like going to see bands, but I don't like seeing them. I and I really I hate stand up for this. I hate doing it. I can't do it anymore. Is when you're booked in a pub. I think music in a pub is shit. Like, it's different. If it's a band night, I get it. But, like, open mic night, those kind of things. I think they're shit because people on those nights just want to go talk and have catch up with your friends. Mm. And you've got some geezer singing the same 20 songs that everyone else sings. 
Yeah. Oh, you singing Valerie, are you, mate? Well done. Proud of you. I haven't heard that 15 times in the last <laughs> month. Like, and it, like, I'm not saying I'm against all music or stand-up, but it's like, even me, like, that night, they probably went into the pub after work and then were told, oh, we've got a stand-up night tonight. They probably didn't fucking want a stand-up night. And there's some geezer that's, like, 30 years younger than them talking about fucking shit that they do not give a fuck about. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so... It's knowing your audience as well, though. Like, so, like, you doing music-wise, I've always said you could do other things than the Disney stuff. Yeah. But if you play that Disney stuff, does let you into a lot of audiences. But you're always going to be pigeonholed as, like, the comedy kind of... Because I don't think it is comedy, but it's funny. Yeah. But it's not comedy. It makes you happy. I call it entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it makes you happy because you're singing songs that are quite happy songs. Yeah. If you went back and started singing all the 90s pop songs, it'd be the same. And it's not comedy. But because it's Disney and people don't do that, you're seen as kind of a comedy singer. Mm-hmm. When you're not, because if you're a comedy singer, you'd be singing comedy songs. Yeah. But you pigeonhole yourself. And that's basically my intervention now, saying sing your own songs. Yeah. They're good enough. Well, you know, <laughs> see what happens, you know, after COVID. Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't really been practicing or anything like that, so. But, um, so you said about like, you know, um, hearing like Valerie many a times, oh. obviously you work in a pub and, uh, you know, when it comes to band night in there, like I hate going to a pub on band night because basically it's just impossible to get in because basically yeah. people like literally blocking the thing so they don't lose their spots. Like, look, I'm not trying to steal your spot. I'm trying to get past you. Can you not see that? And they're just like, so I'm just, trying to get behind you so I can get to the bar. And like, is it, band night's not the worst for me. I, can't, I don't particularly like it, but it's got a lot better for the years. Uh, karaoke night is the bane of my life I hate it yeah I hate karaoke as a concept I think it's fucking vile yeah (laughs) and I think the thing is what bothers me more about karaoke is I understand a group like you lot going or a group of mates have had a couple of drinks yeah it's karaoke night it's going where do you see like single geezers in there I'm like what the fuck are you doing Like, and I did have one of my worst memories at a karaoke night, so it doesn't help. Mm. I once got dumped during a karaoke night by text. But the worst thing about it is, Matt, and I'm honest, I didn't really give a shit about the girl. Yeah. Like, it ran its course. I was kind of happy. I was like, oh, that's all right. The only thing I really thought while I was reading text was, oh, great, I've got to try and get laid on my own again now. (laughs) Where I was used to just getting it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I could some days just go, you're all right, and get sex. Now it's like I've actually got to go chat people up and actually try and be like suave and cool. And I can't really do that that well. And then, so I was all right till I walked back in because I was having a fag. And then I got, I read the text. Went, all right, cool. Went back in and then fucking the same bitch is singing fucking her dodgy version of fucking Adele. And then I'm like, well, now I'm depressed. Now I'm fucking sad. The next five songs or so were all sad songs. I've got no issue. I think I'd enjoy karaoke. Why do people sing sad songs? Hmm. Like, if you're going karaoke, you should be, like, singing, like, I'm happy, bro. Like, people enjoy it, but they always want to go, hello? Is it me you're looking for? No, fuck off. With your fucking sad, depressing songs. Like, (laughs) it is true, though. It's like, why, why sing? Like, what? It's like they sit there and they think 
they're worse than open mic people because I do think they sit there and think Simon Cowell's going to walk through that mm. door and he's going to see me and I'm going to get signed because like, especially with I carry out guys I do like them they're nice guys but they have people that follow them all round yeah. Essex that is ridiculous you're spending every night singing karaoke mm. I'm sorry you need to get laid like, I, like, I like going into your pub and like you know when they it is karaoke night because you'll literally have that table next to the door which you're like oh. the karaoke OGs oh, they fucking love it don't they the guy with the trousers up to his like you know oh. past his belly button bless him and he's like little he, fella he's one like, of the worst <laughs> oh. well, there's, there's there's just so many like oddball characters and they're not even the worst like, so we used to get they're barred now from here and I think they're barred from going to the karaoke place with them mm-hmm. they're from South End and he was about he was about sixty odd, and she was about she looked about twenty three, and they were together. Mm-hmm. Neither were very uh, would be polite, pleasant looking. We'll say Matthew. Mm-hmm. And then one day someone went, well, you know, she used to be a man. I was like, no. The only plus of them coming in because they were vile people as well. They were really rude and yeah. like everything like that. I sp- I spent the next year just looking to see if she was a man. Yeah. I was like Adam's apple, do you know what I mean? Like looking once she wore quite tight trousers, I was like, is there a penis there? <laughs> but that's like the only that was the only defi- defining feature of working the karaoke night. I was like, right, am I gonna see if that's a tranny or not today? <laughs> Man. It is it was quite awesome when you like you like meet your first tranny. Like, yes! I <laughs> finally met one, but in your case like actually you're a scumbag, so Yeah, you. she was dreadful. She made me she she was ashamed to all the transvestite names. Hmm. I think the thing is, it's like, you just got, everyone's a person, Matthew, and you mm. can't judge, Matt. Exactly. Because you're a horrible racist, and people need to know that. I didn't know that about myself, but <laughs> fair enough. Because um, karaoke night as well, you must get like, you know, many of like, just the same songs. So I'm sorry, I hear Valerie four times a night. Yeah. I remember and that's one of the things there, that really annoys me, is that why, why can't you just go, no, you, we've already had that song? Um, I remember like, they, they could have at least done the Zootons version yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know. I feel the Zootons always get left out yeah and the thing is they've obviously made a coke load of money they've made so much money off that song but like I actually feel quite sorry for them because I actually think their version's better yeah same I, I prefer their versions and they've got two songs so I actually think and I don't think it falls very much into the um the 2010 top loader yeah 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 <laughs> but it's also but they fall into the Johnny Cash hurt everyone thinks it's Johnny Cash's song Nine Inch Nails are sitting there going look we enjoy all the money but we fucking wrote that cunt where's our fucking love <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean and I think I do think Zootons must sit there some days going yes I'm really enjoying my pool and my hot tub but no one thinks I fucking wrote it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so true. It is so true. Like I'm sitting there half the time going, I bet you don't know the Zootons actually done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It always pulls it. Is uh, I always find the uh, her nine inch nails fact comes out once in a while. It's like, did you know? It's like going back on what you were saying earlier. Uh, I don't think it might be in this episode. Or it might be in the one where you're talking to Lee uh, about um, people where like girls wearing like, oh metal, yeah metal, metal band shirts. Yeah, it's dreadful. It's, it's the thing is, it's like. It's the worst kind of thing because you're like, we li- we're living in a world where pop culture has changed massively and the nerdy guys like us have now took over mm. and the metal and everything like that. So all the co- all the kind of things that were quite niche 10 years ago 
and they're quite cool and but they're not actually cool so because it's not cool to actually like like the ramones or like read comic books but it's very cool to have a comic book t-shirt or watch the movies or have a ramones t-shirt but you go to someone and it used to be one of those things do you not remember like you saw someone in a wrestling shirt for you mm-hmm. imagine you just automatically want to talk to them yeah and go oh oh what did you watch this where you are but now like you've got that kind of world but you so you go up to someone in a Ramones shirt and go oh my god you like the Ramones they're like no I just bought it from Topshop and you kind of lost for words you're mm-hmm. like oh I thought you were one of us I thought like the little pirates were coming out to play. Like, and it's the same with like comic books. Like, amount of people that go to me, oh, I love comic books. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, I love Marvel. Marvel's the word. I'm like, oh, cool. So, like, do you read as well, or is it just the movies? Oh no, I just read. I just watch the movies. I'm like, so you don't like Marvel? Yeah. Then. You like comic book movies? <laughs> yeah. You like the Avengers? You don't like that is completely different, apart from the base characters of the comics. Like when you talk about Civil War. I talk about a completely different Marvel Civil War. Yeah. Yeah? And the only premise they ever kept really true to it was Captain America versus Iron Man. And that is it. But that's that's just the way they do it. And it's 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 what it is now. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, it's very, very interesting hypothesis. And it's very true as well. Uh, <laughs> that you actually have there. But... Um, so we'll go back to your stand-up day because you were saying about like you know trying to get the better laugh. I remember there was one time where you Shagger and Stu went and did like some stand-up somewhere. I never did it with them. That's a, it's the same uh, venue. Okay. And they they did it differently. I've done a couple of shows with Stu. Stu always books shows and always has me on. So I always I'm always thankful for him to do that. Mm. Like as much as the net the net. The positive side goes, oh, well, you must see that I'm good. The negative, as we all have it, will always go, oh, so he's throwing me a bone there then. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't like shows in Essex, really. Mm. I don't know how, how... Do you prefer playing to an audience that no one knows you or everyone knows you? Um, at the end of the day, I'm just happy if there's people there. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like... Like they've either come to support me or they're just there to drink and yeah. half the time they uh, end up just laughing you know I've been there you know at times where I've played to like a packed out room and you can tell that nobody gives a shit and yeah yeah just, yeah just there and like you literally have your family sitting there like going well what's something you know bobbing otherwise going like um and then like just other people and then I remember just walking out of the place like uh, after you know uh, the night whatever finished yeah. and they oh where do you think you're going here you go take this and it was an envelope full of cash and gave me like 120 odd quid I was sitting there like I think I really deserve this like you said earlier on you know it's, it's the hardest thing not thinking you deserve it hmm. like I, and then what's worse is when you do deserve it like I was told I was doing a paid gig and it was in like Milton Keynes so I had to travel up to Milton Keynes mm-hmm. and then I, did, I went on my own because a lot of my friends didn't want to come. I was like, it's fair play, it's Milton Keynes. So I got the train to Milton Keynes. Mm-hmm. I did my set, which was about 10 minutes or so. And I did, it did really well. Everyone laughed, everything like that. And then <clears throat> I left. And I came... Uh, as I, So as I was leaving, the train and everything came to about 60-odd quid. The geezer gave me 30 quid. <laughs> I was like, you've paid literally... I've paid d- double this yeah. to do this gig... That realistically, if you're not doing it, and as much as it is for the love of comedy, all that, you could be a purist, I still want to get paid enough to cover the bill. Mm. And like then plus I ate there, everything, drink, do you know what I mean? Mm. And then you're sitting there going, great, 
So now just half my fucking fingers break. It's not the worst. I've travelled to London before. I didn't lose, but I went with a mate who I went uni with, so he started doing stand-up. So I was like, yeah, I'll come with you. I did a set, and he was like, have you heard of the gong shows? So basically, if you get gonged off, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. I did mine. I lasted the five minutes, so I was all right, and I was really quiet. I was like, mate, it's easy. Don't worry. Just do a couple of jokes. Set the nerves. You'll be all right. He literally said his name, and they gonged him. <laughs> And I don't know if they have to do a certain number of people, but he lives like Northampton way. So he's travelled to London, yeah, loving from Northampton to London, and he's done a two, I'd say a 30 second set. Jesus Got gonged. He's already, he was like, I think he was the second from last as well. Oh no. So he's had to sit for about 20 people. <laughs> like, and then he got gonged off. I, I literally, and it's like, what do you say to someone after that happens? Like, it's like, I imagine if like one of your mates got booed, you'd be like, "You're right." Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what do you do? Like, I just went, "Oh, that sucks." Yeah. Just be like, oh, let's get out of here, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, let's just go. And he was like, my train doesn't leave for another two hours. So I was like, we'll go get a drink somewhere. <laughs> it's so awkward. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was just like, I remember playing a uh, wedding like a uh, reception once. Um, that that you know, I hate it when people come up to me and ask it because yeah. I'm down to say like, surely you can just get someone better. You know, you can you can get someone better. And at the time, I said like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to charge you for a wedding day because you know this needs yeah. to be the happiest day of your life. So I ended up going there. It did cost cost. Just give you a bridesmaid. And then yeah, I wish it was that. Um, but um, I played. I got up on stage, played whatever. You know, it went down well. And uh, like basically, the bride and groom came up to me and just gave me fifty quid. I was there like, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, it does kind of work up for the uh, the amount. And, like problem was I couldn't get home, so I had to like literally call one of my mates. Like, look, dude, I need your help seriously. And then he come and pick me up, and uh, I stole him some. I stole <laughs> some donuts from the wedding. <laughs> That's nice though. I but for me, I don't. I think you sold yourself short. I think your perfect wedding material. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a niche, fun thing. Like we, me, and a lot of my mates have recently started getting married, and I'm still a loser that isn't. And we kind of had this weird. There's nothing, but it turns into a school disco. Mm. Like the start of the night, everyone's a bit sober and it's all a bit cool. Then by the end of the night, last two hours or so, it just turns into a school disco. But like we've had this new tradition kind of thing where, so it'd be like, "Come on, Irene," and all that comes on. And we, someone always walks around and starts undoing everyone's tops, and then we're dancing pretty much topless, <laughs> like running each, running into each other, everything like that. And it's great banter when you do it, but you can't do that to a modern song. You can't do that to. Do you know what I mean, it has. It very much is like we hear Spice Girls comes on, and we're all like doing the actions, going and like remembering when we were kids. So I do think you have the niche there. I just maybe for the wedding do another bit of the playlist as well maybe yeah. add even more to that um, so how many weddings you've been to then since you know this is all like so so far now that is that's three weddings that that's happened at yeah and it started in Santorini then we did it at my mate's Matt's wedding and then we also did it at my mate Sam's wedding but it also got done I, I didn't go to this one went to uh, a guy we all know called, that, uh, called Carl having it at his wedding as well so we're on four weddings that this topless shenanigans has happened. And it's quite funny, actually, because before 
on Mike Sam's wedding, a couple of us were talking, we're like, oh, I don't think we're going to do it, I don't think it'll happen. And it's never been planned. Mm. And the original person that did it in Santorini hasn't been at any of those other weddings. <laughs> so, like, we either sat there when this is so much banter, we need to carry this on. Mm. Yeah. What we did at Jack's wedding is superb, is carry this on, and then carried it through. Or we just all decide it just happens and it's maybe this happens at every wedding and I just have always never I haven't been to that many weddings yeah I'm not Sam Hookins I can't do it <laughs> stag city Sam yeah right I've only been on one stag do as well I've been on I've been offered to go but it's a bit pointless when you don't drink I think it's a bit it's hard to go yeah you can spend a week in Budapest sober yeah watching your mates to like fucking look like cuts I had to ask Sam like you know because his brother Ollie he's straight edge yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had to ask him like what what did he do and he said like just dirty shots with like milk and things like that and thinking yeah it's, uh, Ollie did a quite good idea and I'm definitely going to nick it for when I have my stag is that he gave someone a stag a day yeah. so everyone had to act, one person was the stag each day yeah and I quite like that idea and I think they did fuck someone over and keep giving it to the same person, which will definitely happen on mine. Yeah. There's no way that I'm going to divvy it up. Just the same person will have to do it. So today I actually found out something new about you. I had no idea how, but your favourite movie of all time is Jurassic Park. Yes. I saw it when I was a kid, and I watch it every two weeks. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. You have a man dying on a toilet, that getting a eaten, yeah. and it's a great scene. Yeah. It also teaches you as well. Like So if you know about... I know now enough about dinosaurs that if Jurassic Park ever exists, I'm alright. Mm. Uh, he's got Richard Attenborough, the better of the Attenborough brothers. Yeah. Oh, David sees like a nice koala. Yeah. Well, Richard built a park full of fucking dinosaurs. So, realistically, what's David Attenborough really given to the world? Mm. Also, Richard Attenborough is a life president of Chelsea. So, again, superb. What about um, Goldblum? Goldblum. Oh, he's a sexy man, ain't he? Yeah. It, realistically you've got two Goldblum movies that are good Goldblum yeah is it Jurassic 1 part 1 and 2 no 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 he is good in 2 but realistically Jurassic Park and Independence Day what about Thor Ragnarok he's great at very good but it's not it's not It's not. you're not sitting there going is it because he's not like one of the lead roles yeah when you look at a movie but kind of like him carrying a movie Independence Day is actually Jeff and Will Smith having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And then there's the reason why the second one is so boring is because he's because Will Smith isn't in it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> what other movies? You're up there in your fave. Uh, Blues Brothers. Yep. Yeah. Superb. You just, uh, John Belushi is one of my favourite comedians of all time and then just that. I remember as a kid just being mesmerised by that movie. Hmm. Uh, and then... You got, you got, you get your obvious ones. Do you know what I mean? That are up there. Shinder's List. They're always going to be up there. Shawshank Redemption. Do you know what I mean? Um, modern ones. You got obviously the Marvel DCs. Uh, I like comic books, so I like them. Some piss me off. Some. My favourite comic book movie of all time, though. Yeah, is still Batman Forever. What about How the Duck? How the Duck's a great movie, hmm. and I don't think the world even knows who How the Duck is, though, hmm. Matthew. I think you do because you've got some weird fetish for ducks. Right. Well, you know, uh, you know the master of quack foo. You know, it's, a, it's all good in the hood. Uh, yeah. I, I was talking to, like, Lucas Jackson um, on a previous episode, and me and him are like, you got to remember, who directed that film? Who? George Lucas. 
Oh, did it? And George Lucas is in the prime of his career. He could have done any superhero movie. You know, let's face it. You know, George Lucas could have picked you know what superhero he wanted. But motherfucker ends up with Hal the Duck. <laughs> Turns it into a cult classic. The thing is, I think I think George Lucas has a very good career, mm. but I do think the Star Wars trilogy, last three, mm-hmm. destroyed him a little bit. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, I don't think he's ever got over. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit of a uh, thing, really. It's just how, how can like you know these movies from like twenty years before the the new yeah. ones come out, and you kind of think it's in there, go like. Ugh. But at the same time, you've got to remember the OG in their movies, Obi Wan Kenobi. See, Firstly, Chewbacca's my favourite, but you know. See, I, I prefer Chewie. As I've got older, my hatred for Luke has got quite strong. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little bitch, and um, I've started liking the like little unsung heroes and stuff like that. Lando Calrissian's a badass, and but. I quite like that he double-crossed everyone. Mm. It shows that it shows it's what you probably would do. You got to think an evil dictator goes to you, here's some money or you die. Mm. Give me your mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But so, but I wouldn't put Star Wars. They might get my top ten. Mm. Some of them, but I wouldn't put them in my top ten. Did you watch uh, Solo, a Star Wars story? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Everyone fucking hated it. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I think out of the new ones, it's my favourite. Yeah. Well, like that's like one of the first scenes in it where, like, you know, he pretends he's got a grenade, but it's yeah. just a rock. <laughs> yeah. I, my least favourite of the new ones is, um, oddly enough, I do think it's very good, is, uh, what's it called? Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. I can't stand it. No? Because you're sitting there in the cinema, and I remember I sat there, and before I went, all right, cool, and then Forrest Whitaker comes up. Very talented actor, but I fucking hate him. Because he's Forrest Whitaker. His voice is so distinctive, you're sitting there going, oh, and you, when I go to a cinema, you know you're watching a movie, you know it's not real life, you know they're actors, but you do want to escape and you do want to take that, that's the whole purpose of it. So you sit there and you go, cool, I'm going to let this sink in like I said about Dress Park. The new Jurassic World ones are shit, but it's leading up to me watching that, I turn into that kid again watching Jurassic Park, I'm like, oh my God, there's a dinosaur on the roof of London. Yeah. Like, I know that's pony, I know it's shit, but I let myself embrace it and I let myself go for it. But you can't with Forrest Whitaker doing a fucking accent. I wouldn't mind if you did another voice. And then about three quarters of the way through, they're chasing after, they're getting all the stuff, that all the information they need to give to Princess Leia. You know they die. Because they're not in any of the other movies. Yeah. Like So you, then, you, then you get the second sync while you're watching that movie going, I know the fucking ending. <laughs> There's no point watching a movie, you know the endings. I'll tell you what the best thing about it was. Like, so you sit there watching, you know, for like an hour and 40 or whatever. I can't remember. Probably about two hours. So you're probably about two hours in. Yeah. And then you just see them all die. And then, then comes the most badass part ever. Darth Vader coming in like an absolute wrecking ball. And just like destroying things left, right. And so just looking like an ultimate badass. Do you... Do you think Darth Vader is the best villain in... Cinematic history. Or coolest. We're so coolest. Yeah, I prefer him over Kylo Ren. But then again, everyone, like... you got to remember, Darth Maul looks like the coolest. Like, literally. Physical. Darth Maul's backstory is very cool. But I mean, in the whole of like, so you can go all cinema. I yeah. think he's probably the coolest. There's not many villains 
that everyone kind of likes and wants to be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like even part, maybe Joker, but Joker's quite played out. Mm. If you if you're actually a comic book fan, he's he's like all these girls are doing the memes of Harley Quinn, and you're like, do you know she's actually a fucking mental case? Like or like, ha- I remember when Suicide Squad came out, there was loads of people like, I just want a man that treats me like Joker treat. I'm like, he tries to kill her in nearly every single comic he's ever been in. Mm. He fucking despises that woman. He just uses her because she gives him stuff. Yeah. Like, and you want that relationship. You Love, you got that relationship. I remember going on a date with a girl, and um, she was like, oh, I love Harley Quinn. Have you ever seen Suicide Squad? She was like, no. I was like, you thought you liked Harley Quinn? <laughs> Suicide Squad's the best movie ever at the start. And then about halfway through, it goes to the worst movie ever. <laughs> I just want to see what, like, what's his name? James Gunn's going to do with it. <laughs> he got John Cena as the peacemaker. He said, oh, we just need you to be a terrible Captain America. And that's, that's his role. And apparently they're giving him like a spin-off show because he's sold that much. Yeah. You know, but... um, Birds of Prey, I thought, was really good. I actually really enjoyed that. But um, I think the thing is, the Harley Quinn character was created in the, in the cartoon series. And it probably should have stayed there. I, I do think it's a very good character, but... It's there's quite a few characters that kind of get taken and people go a bit crazy for, mm. and you're just a bit like, okay, they're not that great. But Bubba Fed, yeah, I'm okay with it. I just love how Bubba Fed, how like, she has like a uh, like a cult following, and you just say like, it just gets eaten by a worm. That's, that's yeah, his, yeah, yeah. That's his biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. People, my love cult it. person, my favourite probably person in Star Wars is Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, because I just quite like the idea of. The laziest man being the strongest, biggest. Do you know what I mean? I just love how easy it was to kill him. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. But like two seconds earlier, he. W- Do you know what he is? He's that bully at school that's a bit chunkier than everyone. So he picks on everyone and he picks you up and everything like that. And then one day someone hits him, and it's always like the weediest kid that hits him, and then everyone goes, "Oh, you're not hard. You're just big." Hmm. And that's what he was. And I quite like that because it was like a really good portrayal of a bully mm. in a movie that's not meant to be there. Yeah, it's a funny movie. It's just just a giant fat worm. That's the greatest thing about it. You, know? you just kind of like at the time you're thinking, you know, when they come up with these characters, like, how did you come up with these characters? Yoda, he's a badass. Yeah, but everyone's talking about Baby Yoda now, aren't they? Yeah. Or uh, don't, don't really no. Know, no, I can't give don't his name. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'm he's behind. got a name now. He's got a name. Yeah. I really just give me this. Is it like Frank or something like that? Because oh, no. that's what I wanted. I really wanted when I heard they were actually going to name it. I really wanted to be like Eric. <laughs> my name's Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like oh, my name's Jim. How are you? <laughs> Everyday person. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's a Star Warsy name. So. Um, it sounds like two words put together. But. You don't have any Star Wars. So you collect pops, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. You don't have any Star Wars pops, though. Yeah, I've got Chewbacca in the Porg. Is that all you got? At the moment, yeah. You're not wanting more? Oh, I've got the. There you go, he's up there, Baby Yoda, the child. Ah. The child. Yeah, so. Uh, the only right, the this is. So now I can learn something, yeah? Why pops? Because I think they're shit. They sit there, they stay in the box, you can't play with them, they don't even really look like what they're meant to look like. 
and they're uberly expensive, and they literally just look like you've got loads of like boxes in your room. Hmm, fair enough. I don't really know. Um, I just thought they were cute, and then next you know, like one turned into like 127. Is that how many you've got now? Something like that, yeah. I can't judge you because I collect things and I've got over a hundred stuff of pointless things as well. We, earlier on, you telling us about the, uh, what's it called, the, uh, the the micropods. Well, that's in, yeah, in the Lee podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but that, again, was me stupidly, like you just said, I bought one mm-hmm. and now I've got like, I think it's like four or five hundred, which is just absolutely ridiculous. You don't need that many. Yeah, I know. Well, hey. Uh, wrestling figures I want to get into, but... I think my issue with that is I think it's when I do it it's going to be too many and also I don't know how I bring a woman back and go oh just don't mind Raven he's just going to watch <laughs> the thing is like, like you know poor girl comes over my place she's going to have like, a load of eyes from all these pop have you had yeah but I think the pops are kind of girly mm. they're the girly of Cute. all the toys aren't they yeah you're two steps away from a Barbie, really. <laughs> You're a Ken doll, is what they are. <laughs> That's so, so obviously, Blue and Peace is your favourite movie. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's your other favourite Disney movie? Uh, Toy Story. I think the Toy Story franchise. Yeah. So, uh, you know, any any movie franchise, I don't think, has got anything on Toy Story. You're probably going to disagree in like, throwing the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. And then you're probably going to throw Lord of the Rings in and Star Wars, but... I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I think it's no. pretty shit. Um, Star Wars, I think, would probably argue, but I do think Toy Story would be up there, yeah. Yeah. I think you can't deny Toy Story. I don't... I think if they left it as one, two, and three, three mm-hmm. yes. The latest ones, I don't think we needed. And Yeah. Have you seen It was a lovely before? ending on three. Yeah. And it didn't need to... And it was a roller coaster as well, so it played... Four, I generally think, is shit. I, you watch it... Four is... Four is when your nan gives you like a present at Christmas you don't want. You appreciate it, and you're like, oh, cool, that was a nice experience, but you don't want it. I don't need that scarf yeah. that you knitted. Do you know what I mean? I don't need that, that new chocolate bar that's fucking... My uncle gives us Toblerone every year. I tell him every year I hate Toblerone. And every year I get a Toblerone. I'm grateful for the gift, yeah. but it could have been better. Yeah. Uh, with number four, it's like one of those things. You, you watch it and it's basically... Obviously, you know, Buzz has been getting all this attention for years, so it was nice to see that, you know, obviously... Woody got the attention. But I think Woody always has had the attention. Yeah. I think I think Woody's an emo. In that regard, I think now if it was all about like Lil Bo Peep, she got the attention. But the thing is, I well, hated her in four. I think she shit in all of them. Yeah. I think literally, but Buzz is put down and kind of forgotten about for a fork. Hmm. Fuck the fork, yeah. The girl can make another fork, yeah. Like, hmm. and if anything, all it showed was that this girl isn't as good as Andy. It might as well have been Andy going, coming back and going, no, give me back my toys, you little bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of other movie franchises. Well, obviously, you've got like, all the Avengers and things like that. You know? Yeah. What's your favourite Avenger? Who is and what's your favourite movie? Because I reckon be, mine are different, obviously, answers. Me? I love Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. Yeah. I think he, <laughs> without role, I just think he's brilliant. I do think Paul Rudd is superb. What's your favourite Paul Rudd movie though? Just just movie or uh 
Cool character movie. Um, I always liked I Love You Man where he's playing the bass and things. Yeah, that, that's a really good man. movie. I don't think a lot of people know that movie. It's a really yeah. good movie. Uh, I would have to go for Role Models. That's a great movie. I think yeah. it's superb. I think Role Models is one of those unsung little comedy movies that no one ever remembers. Yeah. No wonder why your girlfriend left you, asshole. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. I just always remember the two verses. So you miss a whispering eye. Mr. Whisper, that means vagina. And also, I like. Do you do you want a coke? I don't like coke. I like the idea of coke, but I don't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a great movie. Like, um, but yeah, like Ant Man, just in them movies, he's funny. He's he's just like cool because like you know he uh, he's just because like, he's just cool because like, he has he has the suit. He has you know obviously he uh, his, he was a, a vigilante more than anything. Yeah, that's like he like you know he. Got money back for his clients, but got arrested because he done it or something. Like I, I I I really like Ant Man. I liked him in the comics. I've liked him in cartoons, and I've liked him in the movies. I my one issue with Ant Man is I don't like his daughter. I think she's a little cunt. She's a moany little. And do you know what? I actually feel really sorry for her stepdad because he does everything for Paxton. her. When Paul Rudd was in hospital, in in prison, yeah. And Ant-Man was there in prison, chilling, not really doing anything with his life. Who raised her? But yeah, oh, Daddy comes along, she runs at him. Well, Daddy's a criminal, you little bitch. And you need to learn who was there for you. Who put food on the table, yeah? yeah. And that's why I don't like her, yeah? yeah? I think she's a little cunt. She's one of those girls in life that just need a little punch in the face. I'll tell you the funniest thing about her. When you watch, um, obviously, Ant-Man the Wasp, and then it goes yeah. into, like, you know... Um, Avengers uh, Endgame and like you see this five year old girl yeah. somehow become 20 yeah 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 you see they yeah. go what yeah. how's and, that possible and, and still be as annoying <laughs> she doesn't like even say anything yeah. she just goes dad yeah. and they hug and he goes like, you got so big like that's also that's so unrealistic like now Matt we are friends we are not related if you go missing for five years and turn up at my door I'm not going to be like Matt I'm going to be like, oh my fucking God, it's Matt! Oh my God, this can't be you! Either. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to go, Matt, nice to see you, bro. Yeah. You've got big. Do you know what I mean? Yes. No. Um, I do think it's a nice scene, though, because he just literally leaves all his shit in that little trolley yeah. uh, at the place and runs, and then next thing he knows, he's pounding on the door because he realises that he's on the thing, but she's not. Yeah. Uh, like It says like the, the names who have vanished, and he obviously he's one of them because he's like, what? I haven't vanished. <laughs> and, uh, you imagine how gutted they must be when like they look yeah. at that side and be like, you see this? We've got Scott Lang on. He's just appeared in reality. Yeah. Yeah, I feel also it would have been a bigger deal as well that someone that went was like, mate, came back. I did feel it was very good considering uh, I do f- the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp is very good. The rest of the movie is not as good as Ant-Man. I'll tell you what I thought should have happened at the end of that film. So, you see you see them basically, um, they're outside on the top of this roof. Yeah. And um, in the movie, they've been trying to save Janet Van Dyne the whole yeah. movie. I'll tell you what I said should have been the ending. Just she disappears. Just she? <laughs> yeah, so Janet Van Dyne goes again. Yeah. And like, oh, no. <laughs> Imagine just how ridiculous that I ended. think... Um, Obviously, it made sense because, you yeah. know, he got stuck in the, uh, the quantum realm and then, like, you know, a rat saved him, but... I do, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, would you say Ant-Man's also your favourite character? In the Avengers movies, yeah. I feel he was like the show stealer in Avengers Endgame. 
don't know. I don't four, actually. Four, four. four uh, and uh, when you watch Ragnarok, Korg, he... Oh the four, the four, do you know the funniest thing about four? So we went opening night to see Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Eddie and uh, I think Alex joined us. And um, we're sitting there. Before the movie, I was like to Eddie, I joked to Sam, went, oh, you put a bit of weight on. Like, just joking. And he went, come on, mate. He, he was like, what are you talking? You're hardly four. I was like, I am four. Then when the movie started, I just went, looked at him, because he's all overweight, isn't it? Went, see? I'm fucking four. He said, I wasn't four. I'm four. Wait. Four's got a dad bod now. <laughs> he's with us. That movie is the greatest cameo ever in, like, Next to the Window, oh. the of Iron Brew. Yeah. No, my favourite, uh, the, what's his name? Um, Krog. And is very good in it. Corgan me. Yeah, uh, I, I've got a lot of time for hit those two. I think even in, um, I think in Infinity War they were superb as well. Hmm. Just not. Oh no, Ragnarok. They were nice little cameos. Hey bud, got a ship? Want to come on? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Meek. Which planet did you say you're from? Oh man, Meek's dead. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's so good. Um, <laughs> like. Who, who like which which like obviously because they got like a, a roster there already. Who, who are you looking forward to like you know the most coming into it like you know in the next phases? It's a it's a hard one. You've got to hope some of these X Men if they if all those deals come through. I think a Fantastic Four proper movie would be so good because it's such a good concept and I love the comics and you know, I think so. There's little things like that. Uh, Deadpool would never join it. I don't know why people think he will. He's too. He's at Marvel Studios, but the fact of the matter is too he, risque. Yeah, I'll tell you who I can't. You might get to a see. little crossover. Yeah, if anything, he's like he's probably going to be the Stanley cameo. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I'll tell you who I'm looking forward to the most. Who? Gambit. Yeah, if they do, but they've been working on that movie for about five, six years, mate. No, it's cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, so, they've got a uh, what's yeah. it? Um, Marvel one. Um, uh, they want to do like a TV series for Disney yeah. Plus with him then obviously he'll just you know go into the thing is with Gambit I've always liked Gambit but he's a very I don't I don't think he'll do very well uh, movie wise I think maybe TV wise I think there's quite a few they're doing a couple of TV ones and stuff like that uh, another Guardians would be good mm. uh, whether falls with that or not I think that'd be really good there's, I think they're those little franchises Ant-Man Guardians Spider-Man they're kind of the ones that they should be leaning on mm. and taking now. I think you don't need to have an Iron Man or a Captain America. Mm. You can have those. Uh, I'm not looking forward to what is it? Um, um, War Machine and not oh, Falcon and, Falcon and uh, yeah. I d- I you know, care. you know, me, me and my mate Gareth were discussing couldn't this care. like uh, over like when we was in the states last time. And I'm like, why, why is this even a thing? And he went like. It's the worst two Avengers, yeah, you know, yeah, characters. Yeah, and just put the thing is, it's show. not even the only. No, the only. Right, the worst. All right, we'll play a game. I love the way I've took over my own so my right, interview. You know. What's your worst three Avengers? Do top three. We'll do worst three and top three. Okay, so the worst three. We'll do third. Third, you go, then I go. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Oh man, that's hard. Um, it's very easy. Uh, man, um, all right. So Falcon, Winter Soldier, and I'm probably gonna might might have to say Hawkeye actually. Oh, how the hell have you put Hawkeye in the bottom three? It's something about you. Know, Are you an idiot? Oh man, I don't think we could be friends. 
Yeah, all these people like powers and things like that. Yeah, but he's got the composure, huh? and he's got the he, one. He's great at shooting fucking arrows. That's very true. Two, he's great at parkour. Three, he's a spy. Four, he actually has the humanity compared to the rest. He's the level one. If you don't have him, you haven't got Avengers. Hmm. I'm sorry, I don't know. That's a ridiculous statement. He's in the top three for me. Did he? Go on then. Who's your well, bottom three? Bottom three. War Machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hawk. Uh, not Hawk. I fucking was it Falcon. And then I have to say the last, I think she's absolutely boring, and that is Black Widow. Fair enough. I think she's so... And apart from calming the Hulk down, which she can now do, mm-hmm. she's pointless. She, yeah. yeah, she can fight a little bit, but so can everyone else. Yeah. And I just don't think they've... Her storied arc, I don't think they've really hit on enough. And I think there's so much more they could do with her. I do think her having her own series would make her so much, and elevate her so much more. Um, the t- top three is easy. Yeah, it's Cap. Yeah. And then you probably have to go... You'd have to go Iron Man. Yeah. He's close between four and Iron Man. And then it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye's number one. Hawkeye's superb. Fair enough, fair enough. Hawkeye is a genius and he's a G. Captain Marvel's close. That's a great movie as well. It is, yeah. I don't know, what, about, what about Hulk? He's indestructible. Hulk's Right. Hulk is good as he got later on. The problem with Hulk is it's very one-dimensional and that's why Hulk standalone movies, the two, did not work. He's very good in Fall of Rock. He's very good in Endgame. Do you know what I mean? But he's not... He's not a key, do you know what I mean? I would have liked to see a bit more of new Loki. Uh, Guardian-wise, I'm not the biggest Groot fan. No, fair enough. It's cute, but Rocket's the star there for me. Yeah. Originally, with Rocket, they they, they were debating about not putting him in, and like obviously, like now they're like, mate, bit of that whinge. We've heard it. We've heard it. How you could not have him in? And. I think the, thing, the best thing about Guardians was it fell very much in a time period where you're sitting there going, I remember walking to the, the cinema to get it and go, we've got a Guardians movie. I never thought this was going to happen. Hmm. And then it was so good that you're like, oh God, they didn't disappoint me, but now everyone loves it. And it's got the best movie soundtrack of all time. You could, I'm sorry, it's the best movie soundtrack. That's very you true. You could give me any soundtrack. It's like, I, I don't know one person who doesn't have that playlist on their phone. Hmm. You're at Spotify or iTunes, whatever, you've got that playlist. And if you're ever a bit like, oh, I don't know what I want to listen to, Guardians, just bust it out. Yeah, no, that is one of the soundtracks of soundtracks. And like even number two, another great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. And you put, just put them together. It's, have the ducks in it as well. He is. Number one and two, and then he's in uh, Endgame, and he? he just comes through a portal. Yeah. <laughs> How the duck. See, it's, 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 I, do, I do like the movies. I think uh, and the new Deadpool should be very good. Um, I thought how they Logan was a masterpiece, how that was ended. Oh, yeah. And it's really annoying because I, I got behind the new X-Men movies. I thought they were really good. And then they just went fucking so shit. I, think, I, I think, like, you know, what's it, first class, that, that movie yeah. was unbelievable. But even like the next two after that are really good and you're sitting there going, oh no, they're actually doing the bits with X-Men. Mm. And then it's dreadful. Venom I thought was very good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I don't Venom think... was one of the ones where basically 
I remember looking at the reviews online. People, oh, this film's shit. They're like, well, actually, the critics said that. Yeah. And then people disagreed with it. And yeah. That, that was the coolest thing about it. Like you know, the Venom uprising. It's the, not. It's not. It's not the greatest movie of all time, and it's not the best portrayal of it could be. Like when you we grew up with the uh, the cartoon as kids, mm-hmm. that's still always going to be my Venom. I think you put Tom Hardy in a movie. I don't think he does wrong. And it was very refreshing compared to the original Venom we got in the Spider-Man trilogy of some nerdy little loser. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, Eddie Brock isn't that. Eddie Brock's like an athlete fucking journalist guy. Like, he's very sporty, very cool. And that's what made it really good. But um, those, those Spider-Man movies, they're, they're hard to watch now. I remember watching them thinking... Um, <laughs> number one, I loved number yeah, one. Yeah, it's very good. It. And then like everyone said that number two was best. I was like, no, it wasn't. Oh, too dreadful. Fucking, fucking what's his name? Doc Ock drowns himself. Oh, it's dreadful. It's it. Like, um, and then the Amazing Spider-Man's. The first one is okay, yeah. And then the second one, fuck me, that is a pile of wank. That is so bad. It's unbelievable. Problem is. Andrew Garfield was great. Yeah. Andrew Garfield yeah, yeah. was probably one of the greatest. And I feel really man, sorry for him. And also, he's an Essex boy, so I was like, mm. go on, Andrew. Mm. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. And then you're sitting there, like, watching it go, like, man, the story, like, you know, obviously, the fact, you know, what's it, Dean Dehan, uh, as the little green goblin. Yeah. You're sitting there going, oh, come on, man, you know. I think, it, I think there's some obsession with Sony and having the green goblin in movies. Well, I think it's their go-to Joker kind of thing. And I think that's what's really refreshing with the Spider-Mans now. They, it's, it's quite refreshing. They've put him back to being at school. And it isn't just a big jump of like, he was in school and got bit. And now he's an adult going to take on the world. It's He's trying to learn to be a kid doing it. And I really quite like that, actually. I think it's a quite refreshing take because it gives Spider-Man the naivety that he always has had. Hmm. And the whole premise of Spider-Man is he could be anyone under that mask. Yeah. He could be me, you, whatever. And I think that's why he was created and I think that's what makes him very popular and very good. I I think he's I think the two new the homecoming and um what's the first one even called? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, so Spider-Man Homecoming was the first one. Second yeah, one so the second one was... Far From Home. Far From Home. Both superb. Like, and I think they've cast really well as well. And the teachers like add a nice little dynamic. Like, it is quite cool. And it's... Like, Aunt May is the sexiest Aunt May in history. Yeah. And if you ever want to see a topless, there's a lot of movies. The Wrestler is one of them. <laughs> And I do. She probably is on my list of top five milfs of all time. <laughs> and watch it. First. Oh, she's a superb milf. You have got to love a milf. Claudia Winkleman's top of the milf pile. <laughs> I love a bit of Claudia. You bet you love watching that head of shoulders. Oh, though. mate. I, my dad hates her as well. So my dad, he'll come on, and my dad's like, "Fucking bitch," and I'm like, "She's so fit, dad. How can you even hate this woman?" Yeah. And then the vault, the vaults has also he's got to be up there. Yeah, you can't have you Carol can't. Oh, you can't have it without Carol Alderman. I tell you what, I'd love to have like you know you and Dave Farron on here have like a milf debate. Oh, me, <laughs> do, me, Sam and Dave would be very good. Yeah, Sam's very open-minded with his choices. I'm a bit more selective. 
I'm pretty sure Sam's got Daniela Westbrook who ain't got a nose. So. There, she's a very unfortunate lady, we'll put it. <laughs> she's the definite... If you ever want your kids not to do coke, show her that... Show your kids Daniela Westbrook. Do you know what I mean? They, and then if they still do coke, then it was meant to be. They were meant to be <laughs> cokeheads. I just couldn't believe that. I was just looking at that picture with one about her, like the cartilage in her nose. I was thinking, like, is this real? Or is this photoshopped? Yeah. Turns out it was real. Yeah. Even my dad goes, yeah, that, that woman doesn't have a nose. Too much sugar. Yeah. sugar. I was like, oh, wow. It's, it's, it's when you feel your own cartilage and you go, how much coke do you have to do to burn that? Because mm. that's what it does. It burns the things. It burnt the nose. You're like, how the fuck? And also, like, there's so many questions and you can't really ask it to her if you meet her, but when she snots, does it just come out as a big glob? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does it, when she has got, like, a blocked up nose, can she get, like, a fork or something and just scrape it all out? Like a toothpick? <laughs> It's, it's mind-blowing. I, I, you know, it's one of the things we, we need to get on the show and ask her these yeah. questions. She, did she give us corona? Hey, mm. <laughs> like, I don't know. When you look at her, she, she looks like she can handle a lot now, bless her. She, she's very unfortunate. She falls into that category of, oh, you were quite attractive once, and now not so much. Lindsay Lohan syndrome, as I like to call it. There was a good period where Lindsay Lohan was very attractive. Mm. And now you look at it and you go, oh, you should be working down cats. In Basildon. That beautiful sports bar. Yeah, it's a sports bar, Matthew, yeah. nothing else. I don't know, man. It's, like, it's weird. Like, I'm trying to think, like, you know, myself, who, who fell on that wagon. like Pamela Anderson, China. So, uh, Sonny's probably the queen of that wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Hawkins is going to write him with complaints on this now. Oh, uh, you can write complaints. I don't deny that twenty years ago she was an absolute beauty, mm. and in her early runs she is stunning. By far the greatest ever women's attractive wrestler. Now, not so much, Sam. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's mental. I try to think who else. Like, I don't. Misha Barn had some problems, didn't she? she yeah, she she, she went a bit mm. Haywood, we'll say. Like um, she didn't do like a Britney or anything, but I know like you know obviously mental health really yeah. fucked her over, which is you know sad. Yeah, to it's see. not. She's, I don't think hers were choices. Mm. I think a lot of these people it was choices, and I think that's always the key. Is like I, I don't think you can poke fun at someone for having mental health issues, but you can poke fun know. at someone that's making themselves have mental health issues. Mm. Very true. There's a very difference between someone being born with mental health and someone developing it because they do loads of coke yeah <laughs> it was like you know there's a few people that obviously you know you, you know and they're just there like you know you see in the toilet when they come out like you just see like you know they must have a cold in there or something yeah <laughs> and then you, you, then then like you know probably about like a few like you know months later you see them and just think to yourself you've become a mess but. I've, I've kicked hundreds probably of people in my lifetime not hundreds but I've kicked enough people out of coke and I always find the ones that are in the cubicle together and I always give them the same option I've always done it and I go right we can leave now come on let's go and they're like what 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 I went look we can do this two ways you can leave now and I tell everyone that you were just doing coke or we can leave now and I tell everyone you were sucking each other off what one do you want yeah (laughs) and it's never it's never the latter yeah (laughs) 
It's never, it's never that one. They're always like, oh, okay, yeah, we were. And it's like, yes, I know you were. No boy goes in the cubicle with another man to have a conversation. They always try, we're just having a chat. It's like, why would you have a chat in the toilet? Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's mental, like, isn't it? Like, just like, so many people do it. I'm, I'm there, just like, you know, obviously I'm one of the odd ones out. Yeah. I'm not doing it. My biggest problem with people that take drugs, and I'm going to be honest with you now, Matt, is those when you go to those bars or clubs or something, or pubs, and the toilet door's been taken off because of someone hmm. doing drugs. But I want to have a shit, Matthew. Yeah? So now, everyone's going to see me have a poo. And that's not nice on anyone else. That's not nice on me. Do you know what I mean? I want to scroll through my phone. Let it go a bit easy on it, yeah? Mm. Maybe sit there for an extra 10 minutes than I should do. I can't when everyone's looking at me. Um, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, cokeheads. <laughs> yeah. You're ruining toilet experiences for everyone else. <laughs> Man. I don't even know how we've even got into these conversations. We just talk about life and that. Yeah, it's <laughs> good, that, though, that's the good thing about it. It's good. Yeah. In general, though, you know. So we've got onto the, the whole, <laughs> you know, life and hobbies and movies and comics. Uh, we've done that all now. Tell us about what else you do in, in your spare time and your hobbies. Uh, football manager. I literally play football manager. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> how is it for you? Uh, Superb, the new one just came out, so I'm just getting the groups. I've got to set, I'm setting up the team, setting up the staff, mm-hmm. finding the players I quite like, playing new players, yeah, finding what team fits me. You have the team that fits you, Matthew. Yeah. And, yeah. Are you one to start in that one of the lower leagues? Or? Yeah, I like to. See, all right, so my first day on the game, I'll go with someone quite big and I'll have a fiddle around, see how the transfers are working, see how the scouting's working. See maybe if there's some free gems I quite like, some loanies I quite like, and then I'll go down. I'll go down a couple of leagues mm-hmm. on my second day when and that's when I'll start the career. I like to set myself little this this is sad, but like little challenges and games so it'd be like you can only you get to f- buy free players and then you can only buy a player once you've sold a player. So I like doing stuff like that, or yeah. you've got to bring a certain number of homegrown club legends back or like so say you're Southampton, you've got to sign three ex-Southampton players, which is quite easy, but it's quite good as well. But, yeah, I play so much. Like, literally. If I'm not working, I'm normally playing football manager, if you don't say. <laughs> do, do your co-colleagues know about it? Yeah, always notorious. Like, so, uh, Sid, who used to work with me, there's days where she's caught me just playing football manager. <laughs> so what about your latest ones now, dude? Oh, how you been, Lee? What you been up to? Oh, football you football manager. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, think, I think everyone knows it. I've done stand-up routines around football manager. Oh, I, yeah. I, I play it so much. Yeah. I literally will play... Elite. If I don't get a minimum of four hours in a day, I get a bit pissed off. <laughs> Are the football manager series your favourite games of all time, then? Yeah. yeah. But they're not games, though. So it's real. Like, I, I do a joke on... In my stand-up, if I put all of these work that I put into Football Manager into my actual life, I'd be a billionaire, Matthew. Yeah. But I don't. I put it into a game. <laughs> and I love it. I like, Tonight, like, it's it's uh, Friday night, yeah? What are you doing tonight? Nothing, probably. Yeah, I'm going to play Football Manager. That's all Can I'm going to do. I remember you started playing Football Manager a couple of years ago. I did, yeah. I wasn't very good at it. I no. Kept, I kept getting sacked. But... 
Why are you being silly? No, it was. It's one of the things. Like obviously, like if I followed football a lot more, I probably would get the hang of it. Yeah, it's quite handy. The fact of the matter is, I don't watch. I I live in a world now as well. Like, and I. This is very true. If you're a football manager player, so Steve Ponting's a big player. Sam Hookins is a big player. My mate Matt Norman is a huge player, Mm. and we talk about it a lot. And I always send Lloyd, my mate, who doesn't play, but he he finds it very funny because someone will sign someone that I've had for three years yeah. when they were like 16 and I'm like look he's now playing for him and they're like I'm like literally I should be a scout <laughs> like yeah. if there's a way to transfer a football manager into an actual job of scouting I think for, I'd be very good but there isn't so instead I just play it consistently in my free time it was you and Pollen did the whole thing where like you know you, you, you'll start a team and then you'll make all the players like fuck off and then basically start a new team from scratch. Uh, not so always, Steve not always. Steve likes doing that. Steve also likes giving his play- his managers rude names. When we were a kid, I think he had one called Cup Man for a good two years. <laughs> but we used to, me and Steve used to play together. We'd go around these when we were kids and we'd literally have a team each and we'd play on one PC back in the day and have to take turns doing all your stuff, <laughs> which you never used to do anything really because now... Like, so, the first day I had it, the first four hours, I hadn't played a game. Mm. I was still on day one. Because you still got some setting everything up, seeing who I wanted to scout, seeing yeah. the formation I wanted to play. It's it's basically admin work, but they've made a game out of it. I don't put this much work into normal admin. Right, I don't think anyone does. You, you and Steve should do something like um, Battle of the Brands. Yeah, but do like um, what's it like football manager, and you and him have a little camera, of, like you know, recording you playing it and having like it's quite like, like like a Twitch stream, but you know, you and Steve like you know, Copeland versus Potting. I I would beat Steve. I'm yeah. confident. Yeah, awesome. uh, and we could we could organise that. I think FIFA he'd beat me, mm-hmm. but football manager, I genuinely think I'm the best football manager player in the world. So could you kick Sam's ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norman might give me a run for money. The only thing I'm better at than is top trumps. I'm the best top trumps player I've ever played against. Yeah, and I've I've only lost one game, competitive game in uh, my whole entire lifetime. <laughs> Fair enough. You pick up a deck and I will beat you at top trumps. Fair enough. I've had friends that have played me over six hundred times and they've beaten me nut, and I'm just like, look, I'm just that good. What what like uh, what other video games do you love then? I'm more of a see. This is the problem. I don't. I I like playing games, but I wouldn't say I'm a gamer. Do you know what I mean? You know, you get those guys. Oh, I'm a gamer. I like sports games. I like GTA. I like Red Dead. I like. Do you know what I mean? I like games that are quite. I wouldn't say easy, but they're. I've got an interest in, or I can have a laugh. Like GTA, I could play for five hours, and I feel like it's been ten minutes. Hmm. Um, UFC wrestling games, not the recent ones though. <laughs> um, yeah, skateboard games I love. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Fallout guy. I'm not a cold, like um, a COD gamer. It just doesn't. I don't know. It's just never really appealed to me. I'm more of a platformer myself. But um, yeah, uh, me, me, and a few lads play Fortnite. Yeah, Jake McGinley, Tattoo, Pete, and Steve. And I started playing Fortnite like a year ago or so. I was playing it for a bit, but then I just realised it's just it's very mundane and very samey. And I get mm. if you've got a good squad, it's quite fun. But a lot of my boys, I was working when they were playing it, so they'd go on about six, seven, and then finish by ten. And I was home at like eleven, twelve. So that's why I think Football Manager works so well. You can play it anywhere and <laughs> yeah. just do it. 
That's fair enough. Well, you know, at the end of the day, Liam, it's been emotional having you on. We'll, we'll get you back on soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll come on. We can do some shizzle. Yeah, that sounds good. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll just be playing football manager till then, so just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally living the dream. Anyway, Here's guys, dream. thank you very much for listening at home. I'm Matthew Hasm Hammond. Always remember, ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you and goodbye.